That could make a Wolverine prayer. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute! I know you! You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it there. You're excited! You feel these nipples! That boy is good! Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sordos, motorheads, gatebirds, wastoids, babies, they all adore it. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Tuesday, August 23rd. This is the big X. What's some Tuesday enthusiasm, man? That's what I'm gonna get today. No, I want some, I want some, I want a pumped up Rutherford. We, we got a couple short shows coming up. We do. We were three to six today. We're regular time today. The next two days, because of the Louisville Bats and the Cardinal Insider, will be three to five. Yeah. Um, so full time on Friday on the road. We're rocking Friday. We'll be at Oxmoor to uh, Ford. Almost at Toyota. All right, explore Ford, right over there by Jenna's Arch Rivals. By the way, tomorrow, last day of Jenna. Yeah. We're going to have to, like... It's a big week, man. Share our um, favorite memories of Jenna slash favorite memory, because there's only really one that's going to stand out to everybody, which is the time she cussed on the air. Well, that and when she told us she thought her, she knew um, uh, Master B because her dad may have mentioned him. I think I remember my dad mentioning him at some point. That was uh, the number two Jenna moment. And then her crying over Wilson Contreras, who ended up not leaving. That was uh, that was great. Then there was the time she spent like two 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 breaks and commercial breaks just ranting about the Blackhawks draft. That too, that happened. She also yawned in the mic once you and you and I were talking. <laughs> I think she did that a few times. I think she at least turned the mic off a couple of times. But the one time she did it audibly into the mic was great. And she texted yesterday and somebody came into a restaurant while she's working and gave her a Phil Steele book, which I meant to, I, I meant to, I guess, text her back, or I guess I could have, oh, that's just tomorrow, but was that her tip? <laughs> like, did the guy actually leave a tip, or he just, like, go and grab a magazine, he's like, here you go. This is better than money. Yeah, here's a tip, read this before you go into the air on a sports talk show next time. Or something. Oh, <laughs> I, I meant to, I, I need to know the answer to that, because if, if that's all you left was a magazine, that's kind of a tool move. It is. We're, we're going to ask her about that tomorrow, we'll, we'll bid farewell to Jenna, but we'll be 3 to 5 tomorrow and Thursday, regular time today, regular time Friday, uh, we'll be on the road on Friday, and then, get, of course, we'll have high school football back here on our airwaves. I don't know who Stanex is playing this week. Uh, Are you? Uh, no, I don't. They play Mail in week three, I know that. I think Mail plays Ballard this week. They do. Um, and Emmanuel plays Floyd Central, which will be on one of our sister channels. Uh, Scoots will be calling that game. Is Trey Ryan going to throw the ball again? He might. You never know. We'll have to get the play-by-play of Scoots calling the Trey Ryan touchdown. We'll did, get that audio. Did Scoots call it last week? No, no, he didn't do that. Because uh, no. Floyd Central played Mail last week, and Mail blew him out. They did 42-7. Yeah, and so I'm assuming Emmanuel probably would beat him again as well, but... Uh, I'm trying to think who X else plays Central next week, by the way. Okay. okay. So we'll have potential for future U of L running back Cortez Stone. I'll be, for Central I'll be working on the, the board for that game. I'll be listening. Central trying to bounce back from a hefty defeat last week against Manuel, 40 to 12. Yeah. I also, like, last night, 
I, I told you I love like walking around this time of the year when you have like the high school sports going. It just makes you feel like you know we're back in the fall. Things are happening. Kids are back at school. UofL's back to like if they're not playing yet, they're close to being playing. And yet last night I walked the dog after I got off radio and could hear I guess freshman football going on at Wagner. I guess maybe yeah, there were freshman games last night. Amel's got a freshman game tonight, I believe. So it was just it was just fun yeah. to hear the, the PA going, hear the, the roar yeah. of the crowd. I mean, you know, sometimes not roar from. You were just like you like stop by and like. Catch the game, any of, any of it? I told you, like, the, I, I used to just, like, well, I'd catch, like, a few plays here and there, like, from outside. And then Jamie Youngstorff, yeah. because my old gym teacher, yeah. would be like, just come we in. and drop him a lot. Yeah, I, well, I love him. He's, he's yeah, a good yeah. guy. But he would just be like, come in and, like, you know, go to the press box. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm walking my dog. I'm like, yeah, first of all, you don't want to go that way in your press box. It doesn't look safe. I've spent many, well, I mean, it's, just, <laughs> it's probably, no matter what the temperature is, it probably feels better outside. I've, I've spent many of hours, long hours in those press boxes, some by myself, some with groups of people. I believe it. A lot of times, I'm just by myself, especially during soccer games. Well, we've got uh, we've got plenty to get to today. We actually have, and I say that not despairingly. I, I want to talk about tailgating today. I, I want to talk about Louisville. Okay. It's tailgate scene. There's a, a ranking that came out about ranking every single tailgate experience in the ACC, and you might be surprised where Louisville sits and why. I want to get into that. We also have an official Louisville men's basketball roster, which has a couple of things of note in there that we can talk about. And then Trevor, I know you. I mean, you're, you're ready to go today. You're, you're ready for more. You're like, I got stuff to talk about today. Yeah, I got a lot of the play, man. I mean, granted, it won't probably last three hours, but it's fine. My, my, my stuff usually lasts about like one segment, but well, your stuff does. But then, like, when I get into something else, and then you bring up something that you know fa- that tickles your fancy, that comes to your mind, then it takes like twenty five minutes. True. And plus, sometimes my stuff can get the text line going. It does. And, and, and can Speaking of the text line, 502-414-1450. We love the Thornton text line. Love Kelly Leonardo. Love Alex Cooper. We love Thorntons. That's why there's fifty five thousand six hundred twelve of them in this area because they know what they're doing. We'll and because there tonight, after the show tonight, get gas. That refreshing rewards app. Make sure you bust that out. It's gonna save you money at the pump every time you need to fuel up. It also save you money inside if you want to make some purchases there. We love Thorntons and we love that summer cash bash. They're still trying to give you ten grand all summer long. And that nice. Chevy Tahoe, that grand prize, it's coming up. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. You're going to hand that uh, bad boy out to one lucky Refreshing Rewards member. If you aren't, sign up today. Join the Summer Cash Bash. Boom. Win a Chevy Tahoe. It's not hard at all, right? Not hard at all. It's, I mean, it's if, I, if someone as lazy as me can do it, 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 you have zero excuse. You are the best endorser for that because we everybody anybody who listens to the show knows exactly how lazy you are. Yes. The fact that you have a Refreshing Rewards app and that you utilize it just goes to show how easy it is. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have zero excuse at this point. Exactly. That should be on the poster. If this guy can take the time to do it, why can't you? Now, you and TJ are feuding about what, you, what, you, what you watched last night. It's not as much a feud as he just can't wrap his mind around why I can't wrap my mind around why something's funny. So we talked about the rehearsal yesterday. Yes, it came um, up as a suggestion. It came up as a suggestion. I'd Because I had said that the only thing that I'd heard about the rehearsal is every time it's airing, which I guess is Sunday nights, my timeline is flooded with people saying, like, this is the craziest bleep I've ever seen. Like, this guy needs to be locked in jail. Does HBO but really I can't stop watching it. Is it on Sunday nights? I don't know. Have they ever done Hard Knocks tonight. I guess so. Okay, right, there you go. Okay, my bad. Sorry. But everybody just talks about how weird the show is, but they like it. And so TJ was like, I think you would like it. He, he says that to me. He's like, I think Trevor would actually like the first two episodes, and then it'll get too weird for him and it'll bow out. Um, it's not a good sign even that saying that out loud, by the way. Exactly. And I didn't know that going in, by the way. And I didn't tell you that. Yeah. You texted me last night. You said you gave it 20 minutes and then you tapped out. I couldn't do it anymore. You're done. I, I mean, this, okay, just here, here's a recap of the first 20 minutes, okay? So the show apparently is this the comedian guy Nathan Fielder yeah Jay Fielder Nathan whatever and <laughs> <laughs> and he shows up at this dude's house because the guy needs help telling his trivia team that he lied to that he doesn't have a master's degree 
He doesn't know how to tell him. Okay. Right. Already this concept is like, who cares? So he, the, the, the comedian shows up. He makes some, you know, little ice-breaking jokes. And then he reveals to the guy that a week earlier he had sent people in this to spy on him and, like, take all these images of his house so he can build an exact replica of his house. And he can rehearse him meeting the guy who wants to apologize. Okay. So then he goes, I like it. He goes I, in I this video already. I'm like, at this, at this point, and I'm not even playing Madden or anything. I'm actually just watching this. And the whole time, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should have given it my full focus. Maybe I would have found it funnier if we got like 5%. But like, I'm sitting there going, okay, this is, you know, I haven't chuckled yet. We're like 10 minutes in. And the guy's so concerned that somebody in this team's going to get mad at him. I'm, again, I'm still thinking, why is this? Who cares? Just tell the, the people you don't have a master's. Who gives a bleep? It's a trivia team, for God's sakes. It's not like you have a you know love child with your sister's cousin or something. And so the the guy, so the, the, he tells him the person he, he makes his fake scenes to to get more information from the guy, and then he sends a actress to meet the woman who he thinks is going to blow up on him if he tells him that he didn't have a master's uh, to act like a fake scene set up with her so he can get information about her and he, they can rehearse him telling her and then they rebuild a replica of the bar they're going to meet at and at this point I'm like this sucks I'm out that was it you're done yeah I'm like and so far in 20 minutes they've wasted I don't know how much money building these stupid sets for no reason other than rehearse him telling her he doesn't have a masters in his I mean who cares and, and, and at no point I chuckled I laughed so I said I'm done with this I turned it off and watched Kingpin well, Keith is always a good move. And then after that, I watched Say Anything. Also a good move. And then I watched a really cool documentary. Nolan Void, Nolan Void, dissed in the Malibu. Now he's not sure what to do. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the best part. <laughs> and then after that, I watched a um, really cool documentary on Prime on uh, former uh, uh, Quiet Riot and uh, Ozzy Osbourne guitarist Randy Rhodes. Okay. Who uh, do, you, do you know who Randy Rhodes is? No. Why well, do now? He's the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. Well, was. Was. Was for the first two albums. Unfortunately, he tragically passed at 25 in a uh, plane wreck. Ugh, R.I.P. And it was, well, it was a weird situation where they were on their way to a tour, and they stopped to get something fixed on the bus, and they stopped at someone's house, and this guy's house, he had like a like a small private air uh, strip in his backyard. Uh-huh. And so they thought it'd be fun to take one of the little planes out and kind of mess around, and when they were going to... Spin by the bus, the wing hit the bus, crashed, and all three died, and Randy Rhodes was one. Oh, jeez. It was, yeah, it was really screwed up. It happened back in 82. So, but he's, well, it was really cool just going through it. I had something I didn't know, because I've always been a huge Randy Rhodes fan. If you ever heard, like, Mr. Crowley and, and obviously Crazy Train, these are songs and instrumental he wrote. Uh, and what, considered one of, the, just one of the greatest guitarists, I didn't know that when he was growing up and started playing in this first band at 15 on the Sunset Strip, he and Quiet Riot, who that version, you, before they got popular, were feuding with Van Halen, who was also coming up on the same strip. And him mm. and Eddie Van Halen were always kind of, it was supposedly a battle amongst the people in the L.A. scene, who the better guitarist was, Van Halen or Randy Rhodes. And Van Halen would be signed long before Rhodes got to meet Ozzy Osbourne, got famous, yada, yada, yada. There's like one interview with Eddie Van Halen in this where he's like, uh, Randy was okay. He just, I think he kind of ripped me off more than anything. Like, Van Halen, he's always kind of an ego douchebag a little bit. I mean, he's always kind of that, that reputation. So, God, God knows who he who ripped off who. But it was really good. It's like an hour and a half long. It's on Prime. If, you, if you're really into like good, like cool music, 
you probably would like it. It's, it's okay. a, right. quite right. Eventually, would get you. You've heard their main stuff like uh, "Come on, feel the noise." Girl, yeah, yeah. I had a remix of that that I, now I think of. I can't say it on the air, but I every time I think of it, I talk. I think of it. <laughs> yeah, imagine that's my buddy yeah. Craig, if you're listening. That's all, that that was where they finally actually their first debut album after Rhodes had left and died, and they got signed into that album and his dedication and. Was the first heavy metal band, uh, heavy metal album to hit uh, Billboard number one? Really, and a lot of people harsh. think it's kind of ushered in the hair band music too, which is a bad thing in its way, but good or bad depending on your perspective. So other than that, it was watch a little Raw, watch a couple of uh, SBU reruns. It's a solid Monday night, all in all. Got my first fancy draft tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Texas, says, I'm guessing you're not going to tell Trevor that your cousin, your sister's cousin, is also your cousin. <laughs> well, that's, I'm honest with you. That'd make the conversation a lot more interesting than, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a master's degree to be on your trivia team. Texas, I told you you wouldn't like it, Trevor. <laughs> you were right. Text whoever you were. Go tell the person who suggested to me they don't know me. Texas, the second episode is one of the funniest episodes of TV ever. I don't, I don't see... I, Texas says Nathan Fielder is hilarious. Texter says, Nathan Fielder's comedy revolves around hyper-analyzing social interactions. He plays an awkward person who does not understand social nuances, which is why he analyzes interactions to an absurd level. I find it hilarious, but it's very niche humor. It is niche. And, you know, and I'm not downing anybody who likes Like you say, you're not going to tell you how to fan and how to fan. Right. Comedy I mean, is subjective. Just, it, it, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not a big into, like, reality TV. Like, I don't. Like, I mean, it's, to me, reality TV is like amateur entertainment, and the only amateur entertainment I enjoy is porn. You guys don't socialize, you know? But I don't know if this is actually amateur, I mean, this is actually reality, because, I mean, he's a professional comedian. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a, it's kind of like an Impractical Jokers without being funny. Does that make sense? I've never really watched Impractical Jokers. Okay, it's kind of what it is. He's just doing goofy situations, and I don't get into that stuff. If if that's what your 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 niche, like the the Texas said, more power to you. But I prefer like actual like professional comedy written. Hmm. I think the way that you describe it, I actually think I would like it. You might. Okay, probably gonna. I'll give it a shot at some point. But like I said, like right now with my mind, you like the hidden camera shows where they mess with people. No, then you might not like this. But this is not. But this is like not a reality thing. It's somewhere in between reality television. It's closer to reality television than, than scripted. Okay. Because he's, I mean, he's meet, meeting these people that, you know, aren't in, in the loop. Well, we'll see. He's kind of doing pranks, I guess, on them in a way. I mean, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Good luck. Texas, who works full time at Big X? Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, what's the, no, you don't work 40 hours, technically. I'm a full time employee. You're here, you only work like 15 hours max. I'm a full time employee, though. I'm on contract. <laughs> is listed as a full-time employee? Yes. You owe us some hours every week. No, I mean... Cause Isn't a full-time employee technically 38 hours? I have no idea. I, I mean, if you do like a two-hour radio show, you're still like a full-time employee of a station if you're on salary. Well, I guess then I'm full-time. Yeah. You work at Big X full-time. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I do 40 hours a week. I probably do... With, with doing bad schemes and stuff, I might, but... Troy's full-time employee. No one here is full-time employee. Well, but they're not big acts technically. They're, <laughs> they're more media group, right? I mean, wouldn't full time employees require to show up on a Monday? So I guess if that's the if that's the criteria, then nobody, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Would you like to be one? Texas <laughs> says podcast listener, so I know none of this is relevant, but great start, love it. By the way, you can also listen to the show right now if you want to. Podcast listener, twenty twenty. He's busy. You're texting in. You can stream it. I don't care where you are in public. It's 2022. You can do whatever you well, want. Well, if he's a judge, he's in court. Fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they'll, they'll wait. You have a gavel. Stop. 
He just paused, took, he took a rest in court to text us in and tell us that. Podcast listeners, so I don't know this is relevant, but one, House of the Dragon was really good. Don't care. Two, <laughs> Listen, you won't even, at least I gave rehearsal a shot. I will give House of the Dragon a shot. You know what? Twenty minutes. I, I said I said this yesterday. In four years, if people are like, if it's critically acclaimed, everybody says it's good, then I'll watch years. it. I'm like I'm like d- diving in. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm not gonna be hurt again. Two years after the show's been canceled, I'm gonna be like, listen, you're watching House of the Dragon. I'm hunting you down. Look, if you've been cheated on, you're not gonna just go back and give the person a second chance unless maybe like five years down the line they, yeah, they this, show this that this you're the comparison. See, this, but the I game got screwed. I Game of Thrones, Game cheated. of Thrones. Yeah, but that's Game of Thrones. They're not the same overall concept. No, this is like this it's is like world. this is like their their former friend or something. You're taking it out on someone who's not the person who cheated on. Well, that's gonna happen. I sometimes it, that's where your head is. If she looks enough like the person who broke your heart, it's not good for either of you. Okay, you, you can she constantly be, be reminded of the other relationship? She looks like the person, and okay, exactly. But, it's not but fair to her. It's not fair to you, me. But you can't blame your 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 the the fact that the one sister cheated on you. Does that mean you can't you can't maybe be happy with again her cousin? No, I can't. And you I shouldn't take it out on her cousin because I can constantly. I shouldn't. But you're I can't the same help it. Okay, well at least you admit that you exactly. shouldn't. Okay. You shouldn't, but I okay. can't help it. I and so you. it's not fair to either one of us. So I'm not going to get in the relationship. All right, well, then I'll accept that. Number two, this part on this text, we finally get here. When trying, <laughs> it's okay. He's not hearing it until tomorrow anyway. When trying to remember the name of the old Iowa coach, Trevor said, "Quote: I had the right alphabet, just couldn't think of the name." <laughs> I did. I was... it's stuff like that, I don't even catch it anymore. Like I just, I'm just like it goes right <laughs> off me. It doesn't really. Number three, bull prediction. If you go position group by position group and grade them, there is no reason this team couldn't win ten games. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, that's ask me that again around eleven thirty tonight. I think, like, I, but how, how so? Because there's so many question marks at the, at the running back, despite this optimism we may have. Oh, I think that's a weird place to start. Running back, well, running back and, and wide receiver, I think both have question wide receiver. Marks. I think you have question marks. Running back, I think you feel good. Well, I don't know if you feel I mean, if you rank it amongst how you feel towards other positions. I don't think it's in the top. I think you'd it's be behind quarterback, behind offensive I think you'd line be in the very vast minority of that. I think most Louisville fans are ecstatic about running back. Well, you can be ecstatic, but what what do you have to show that other than having being ecstatic? I mean, you, you have, have three guys who produced pretty well last year in small and small chunks at Tennessee, and then Tyon Evans. Well, not Tyon Evans. I'm not even including him. Jalen Mitchell played well last year. Trayvon Cooley played well but last Mid- year. But those guys also showed you they really probably did. They last year they definitely couldn't be number one guys though at this point. Nah, I mean, I think Jalen Mitchell is a serviceable number one back. I think you feel good about him if he's your number one. I think Tyon Evans has a chance to be special. I think there's reason to have optimism, but I, I just I think there's also still a lot of question marks. I, I More mean, so than you do have other positions. I, I would mean, start with maybe like every other position besides running back. If like, I'm looking at positions, okay, well, 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 where would you feel the most comfortable position? Running back. I don't know. I see quarterback or offensive line. I say running back, then offensive line. Quarterback, I mean, the lack of depth is concerning. If, if, if you but tell we're me, not, I don't think that's. I if you tell me Malik is going to be fully healthy the entire year, then yeah. that's clearly, I think that you feel good about Malik. In this scenario, that is, that is under the assumption. I say wide receiver is where I'm most concerned. I say, me. Secondary still, just because we haven't seen. You know, if Keicho Clark is healthy, it's kind of the same Malik Cunningham thing that alleviates a lot of the concerns. But we're just assuming like MJ Griffin's going to be great, Kendrick Duncan's going to be even better than he was last year, well, and whoever plays the other corner is going to be serviceable. But we don't know. The secondary was terrible last year. 
I mean, I wouldn't say the running backs are terrible, but the same problems you have with the secondary, wouldn't you? You should still have with the running back core. No, the secondary was abysmal. Our running game was fine last year. No, I agree, it wasn't abysmal, but there's still question marks going in it with positive thoughts. I mean, maybe. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see nearly as many question marks as you do. I don't. I mean, we had three guys they all produced in their own way last year, and then we add a guy who maybe you know Tennessee fans says was their best offensive player last year. Maybe. Yeah. Well, no. Maybe I mean, we didn't. We did it. I can move the receivers up because maybe this guy has look good at so and so's. I didn't say. Ma- I said I didn't say maybe about adding him. We added him. He's here. Yeah. You said maybe he can be productive. Though. No, I said maybe the Tennessee fans said maybe was their best offensive player last year. Well, I heard a maybe. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I would be more concerned about every position group on defense than I would running back at this point. Because defense. I mean, the offense was fine last year. If if you had an average defense last year, we're at least an eight and four team. I think linebacker be pretty. I, I'm not too. I'm not. Un- I feel I'm, good about linebacker. I feel good about linebacker. But you know, again, a couple guys get hurt. Then my biggest problem with the defense is not as much on the field as what's on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think they're. I think if you with the with the right play calling, this defense can be a lot more productive. I'm not saying it's going to shut people down, but I think and it showed in some stints last year can be a lot more productive than it was in the end. It should be. I mean, if it's not, then I don't know what to say. Um, at that point, then you have some. At some point, you have to just realize that it's the the carpenter, not the tools. Texas says Trevor Bryson Bronny to the Ville. It's a done deal. Are we? Have we even offered Bronny a scholarship? I don't care. He's I don't think coming. it's happening. I don't, I, well, if I gotta go grab this kid and bring him here myself, he's coming to the Ville. I saw Eastern Michigan officially announce the signing of Imani Bates, like as if it's like this huge, just like gigantic. Like everybody reacted to it. I'm like, we've known he's going there. Like, oh, what, what are we doing? Scoots is so scared about our bet. I saw I saw him last week and he was like you, you know I'm gonna give you a chance I'll drop it down to 400 I'm like you are so scared it's like I'm trying to do this for you I'm like you tell yourself that all you want I'm scared for you too you're no I'm not I'm a little scared for you I have no fear okay Cyril Miro Texas running back is, is no by far Texas running back is by far our best possession group WTF Trevor. Texas says we return our top two rushers in a stud transfer plus a dangerous return guy with crazy speed at running back. Take the L, Trev. No, if you want to, you can argue whether I, I keep him too low, but the, the most confident position right now should be offensive line. I think that's fair. You, you can say that. I mean, there's a reason why. You may disagree with where I, where, I, where I peg in in terms of the order of the running backs, but I feel like the number one is why offensive line. The O-line was good last year, and we bring back virtually everybody. Including our top prospect is an offensive lineman. That's fair. I think, I mean, I feel great about the offensive line. I feel really good about running back, too. And if Malik is healthy the full year, then I think you feel good about quarterback. I mean, if the offensive line is as good as we both maybe hope it is or think it is or could be, then then they go hand-in-hand hand with the running back anyway. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Texas Trevor, have you watched the first episode of House of Dragon? Yeah, he watched yeah. it. He watched it. He, he I think watched I, it. I think I need to rewatch it because it was about 10 o'clock on Sunday when I watched it. And at that point, there's not much left. It's a long Sunday fun day, man. Ten o'clock, it's just like, you know, we're just kind of mush at that point. <laughs> Texas said, did I hear correctly that Jenna is a server at a restaurant? If so, where? We'll make sure we hit her up with big tips sometime. Okay, that sounds like a stalker, dude. Yeah, I mean, well, she's, she has said it. If <laughs> yeah. she didn't want to disclose, I wouldn't say it. She, said, she works at Jay Alexander's. Well, I would just say text tomorrow and ask her and let her answer that. But she said it multiple times. She okay. called out Capitol Grill because she's like, they're around oh, with yeah, Jay Alexander's yeah. on there. I wonder if she'll bring us food tomorrow for her last day. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> not hoping on it either, but <laughs> keep keep hope alive, right? I mean, this text actually is going to lead us into the discussion that I want to get to. Oh, good. We'll get into the. Uh, I want to talk about tailgating coming up after the break. Uh, that usually will open the floodgates up a little bit. I do want to talk about the basketball roster as well. Um, guard. Well, I mean, huh? Huh? 
no, no. But no. we can look at who's listed as a guard and who's not, can't we? We might be able to tell us a little bit something about who they think can play that position. Uh, also, we now know officially the walk-ons that we have on this team. And a cool little tidbit. Um, so we can lead. To, I'll let you pick coming out of the break. Do we want to do tailgating stuff? Do we want to do basketball roster talk? It's on Trevor. We'll figure it out. Do you want to know now or do you want to wait till we come back? It's a tease. You decide after we come with oh, them. I'm back good the break. Before we do, though, my guys about our friends over at Shady Rays. If you need sunglasses, look like Trevor Kelsey all summer, all fall, even in the winter. The sun's still out. You need them. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to look great. You're going to look like Trev. Uh, if you go to ShadyRays.com and pick out a pair and then use the promo code BIGX to save 15% at checkout. And again, a portion of all proceeds, uh, all uh, purchases from Shady Rays go to Feed the Hungry in America. ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk either football or basketball. It's going to be Trevor's call. Text on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450 if you have an opinion. And maybe if the opinion is overwhelming enough, we can overrule Trev. We'll see what happens. All right, it's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 90. One, the big X. practice rip and Ozzy's like you're hired mm, it's pretty okay. insane <laughs> said Ozzy was so drunk Ozzy was like I remember it because there were some good interviews with Ozzy in there but yeah just a little bit of him and then I got some a uh, little local flavor coming up after this I like that alright yeah. I want to talk about tailgating because one you didn't let me answer okay well sorry what, what, what should we want to talk about I'll, talk about tailgating. <laughs> you said it. I'll sit down not because I not because you asked me to but because I, I want, I want to. to sit <laughs> um because game day experience, look, I know we have our first two games on the road this year, but still, we're coming up on the first game day experience. It's going to be a big one. It depends on what the record is as far as overall. But regardless, 0-2, 1-1, 2-0, the, the diehards are going to be out at Cardinal Stadium ready for a Friday night game against Florida State. The game day experience at Louisville has changed, I think, dramatically over the years. There are still some limitations. I think there's still some things, areas where we're lacking, but I think a lot of the things that were problems when I was coming of age in like the late nineties, early two thousands have been either rectified or at least made considerably better. With all that being said, a website called bookies.com, they ranked every program in the ACC in four categories, location, tailgating, entertainment, and family sentiment. I don't know how much family sentiment should come into tailgating, but it's a category with all of this being the case. They ranked all 14 teams in terms of ACC pregame experiences from the best to the worst. 14 teams, where do you think Louisville ranked? Um, ninth. 
I was surprised. I would have said probably somewhere like, I don't know, 7th, 8th. Like, I would have been more in line with you. In my slight defense, I think I don't think I've tailgated since like 2002 at Louisville. Okay. The last time is when I got so hammered during the, before the Mississippi State game that night. I don't even remember going in. and Mississippi State game? When did we play no, Southern Miss. I'm sorry. Okay. Southern Miss. This game we won. That was the one where I ended up stealing the lasagna thing from a camper afterwards. That was a long time ago. We're talking. Yeah. Woke up at, I woke up and, at halftime and walked up to the top of the stadium to smoke some stuff. And, uh, yeah, found a Whopper in my pocket. Oh, nice. Tales all the time. Yeah. I'll, so one day I'll, I'll give you the whole story and glue these, all these moments together. But till then, use your imagination. Uh, so it's been a, otherwise, and long story short, and it's not already there, uh, I, I, it's been a long time since I tailgated Louisville, and most of my tailgating memories are like, Late '80s, early '90s at Lexington. It's got a lot, which was a lot different then because that was when I mean there was all grass, there was no concrete at mm-hmm. UK at the time, and it was still an open stadium. So I, I got I, my, my taking stuff is a little. I'm a little off on these guesses, but sure. I can I can judge. And I didn't think Louisville would be that high to be honest with you. I didn't either. And then I started looking at some of the other teams in the conference in some of the, the places that I've been, and I was like, okay. Like I get it a little bit more. I mean, first of all, like Clemson comes to mind as number one. Clemson's number one by okay. a landslide. I, I figured that, so that's where I'm going. I'm going I've been to two games at Clemson, and it's, I mean, I know everybody says the same thing, above and beyond like any other time well, in the SEC. Well, it's also just a... It's basically an SEC program. Yeah, it's a, it's a football-first program where they embrace football above everything else. It's a football-first program that also has a, a fan base that is, like, a generational concept yes. of like this is what we do and I've, I've made this argument before because people ask you know what do we need to do to get consistent attendance up at cardinal stadium assistance uh, consistent tailgating up at cardinal stadium and it's different here because the vast 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 majority of fans who are going to games on saturdays at cardinal stadium are residents of the city of louisville right mm-hmm. these are people that have stuff to do outside of just the game like now back in like my 20s and stuff like we our lives revolved around Saturdays. Like we would, you know, you get up, you go to the stadium regard early, regardless of what time the game was kicking off. You would tailgate all day, and then after the game, you're going to tailgate more. You're going to go drink with friends. Like and that was what you did. Like now, like people have families. They've got you know, soccer games. You got stuff going on. You have other you know, things that you have to do. At a place like Clemson, outside of the students, the vast, vast, vast majority of fans are coming in from out of town. Yeah. And so it's this deal where like, you rent a hotel room or you stay with a friend near the area. But like you're there, you're there for the game. You're going to be at the stadium before. You're going to be at the stadium after. Like this is what you do. In some cases, all do. It's a family vacation. Exactly. You know, you yeah. get tickets that week. Trip. You're doing the yeah. And and you're right. You nailed it. It is a SEC program in the ACC in terms of the fan base and everything like that. So. And when that's the case, also you're more inclined to stay until the end of the fourth quarter, regardless of what the score is. Yeah. If you're a Louisville fan and you're up by thirty in the, the fourth quarter, you're bouncing. You might leave. You, yeah. know, you want to be traffic. You got stuff to do. You got to get ready. You meet early Sunday to take the kids to whatever. Um, if you're a Clemson fan, hey, we're gonna go drink more after this anyway in the in the parking lot at our mm-hmm. our tailgate setup. Then we're gonna go get some food maybe with friends. But like, they used to do it in the UK games back when I was a exactly kid. like like we're we're gonna watch every single snap of this. This is what this is why we came here. What? So I think that that's a lot of the concerns the the the, co- the complaints that Louisville fans have had about their own over the years. That's a big reason why. But, just off the top of my head, just which is why I said nice, and I was just throwing a guess out there because I don't know if I could actually name eight teams that may be better than Louisville. But some of the teams that like immediately thought I would be thought would be ahead of Louisville. Okay. Obviously Clemson. Yes. Uh, I kind of thought Florida State for the same reason. They're number two. Yeah. After that, it does get dicey. I'm not gonna lie. Because after that, then you, it, by my mindset of football first school, uh, kind of the, where you're at outside of a city area, maybe, which is why I would say maybe Pittsburgh's up there. But 
Pittsburgh is seventh. Okay, see, I, but they're in the city area, so they have the same thing Louisville has, but they are a bigger football fan base. Uh, NC State, I thought, could be up there, maybe ahead NC of Louisville. NC State's the only one that, uh, else is ahead okay, of Louisville. Those are, the, those, those are the four right off the bat I thought might be ahead of Louisville. NC State's got a good fan. The only game that I've been to at um, at their stadium, was it? What, what, what's the name of their stadium? I'm, just, I'm completely... Oh, I, oh, I keep thinking like Doak Walker, but that's not right. No, that well, that's yeah, Florida State. Yeah. Um, no, wait a minute. No, Florida State's Doak Campbell. Doak Campbell, which I always say Doak Walker Texas, gets the award. Texas is Doak Walker, yeah. What is the name? Well, of that? I mean, Carter Finley. I knew it was a high for, for the record, by the way. Who? Tell our Who's the guest? There's gonna be two dokes at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, comment of a name. I've been to Carter Finley one time, and NC State fans are like they're good. Like they, despite being tortured for all these years, they show up. I, I think I got a bad taste of the tailgate atmosphere because it was like a monsoon. It was like pouring the whole time, and so a lot of people weren't there. I don't think it was a typical tailgate scene, but I can see how like it's a it's a cool area. It's a fun place to tailgate. They've got a big. Uh, area around the stadium that's dedicated solely to tailgating, and the, the fans that were there were having a good time. So I feel, I feel like I mean you're going to have you're looking at teams that have kind of uh, I know Louisville is a college town, it's a little bit. But I guess the way they refer is a rural college town. I guess not. You're not your big because Louisville is obviously a bigger city than your most normal what would be considered college towns, right? Yeah, I don't think rural ever comes up when they talk about Louisville. But uh, no, far from it. And I don't think Raleigh really is completely either, but. I mean, it's not a huge city. I mean, it's a city that's probably or a town much like Clemson and, and even Tallahassee that's based around the university. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, maybe college maybe town, Louisville's not based around the university. No. Raleigh's closer. I don't think that that's the case there either, but it's maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, uh, I, would think, I mean, Georgia Tech, I think, has a decent fan base. No, football. they don't. They don't? No, no. I mean, they've got traditions. Yeah, I mean, they do. Miami, I know, is the Fairweather fan base. They are. But by the way, you see that they're trying to build a new stadium, like 60,000. I'm like, why? You, you can't get like 20K there unless it's a big game. They should never just torn down the Orange Bowl. They yeah, Miami's 11th, Georgia Tech's 12th. Oh, wow. Uh, Votek might be decently up there, right? Votek and Votek is tied for fifth right behind us with North Carolina. Okay, that would be another guess. Uh, I've got no. I've never been to Virginia Tech. I haven't been to a game. I've never so, been. Uh, the game day atmosphere seems fantastic. I want to experience, you know, the uh, Hell's Bells and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But... I haven't heard anything about their tailgating. I, I've never even been to Black. I've been to Chapel Hill, but I've never been. To I've been to a game in North Carolina. No, it's not a game. But I've been to Chapel Hill. The like the North Carolina tailgating is it gets an A plus for like scenery. Like it's yeah, Chapel Hill's beautiful like, down yeah, there. And you got like every little. I think I talked about this the other day when we were talking about Code Red playing that song over and over. Like every little tailgate lot is enclosed by those the classic like North Carolina pines, those trees, and. There's plenty of stuff going on. The stadium's in a good place. It's close enough to campus. There's there's a lot going on. But the actual fan base just makes it kind of lame because they don't care. You said Georgia Tech was 11th or 12th, right? Georgia Tech's 12th. So there's two. So you didn't tell me who's last yet. You can guess the last two, I think. You, you should be able to Duke do Duke and Syracuse? Duke is 13th. God, my voice. Syracuse is not 14th. Syracuse is 8th. Really? Syracuse fans are kind of, they're a little bit rowdy. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean they actually show up to tailgate. So they're not 13th. I mean, it's not Miami. It's the nerdiest fan base in the ACC. Wake Forest? Wake Forest is last. Really? Yes. See, I thought with under my own like guidelines that they'd be at least a little bit higher up than last. I mean, here's it, what they... Here's there's the, really that much going on in Winston-Salem. I mean, I know they're more basketball-oriented, but still. No, they're more like nerd-oriented. Well, here's what they say about Wake Forest. I hate Winston-Salem so much. Well, just the, the fan base is lame. Like, they made a huge deal when we played in there, and it's still like 15,000 people there. <laughs> 
Located in the heart of the Carolinas, Wake Forest has been known strictly as a basketball school in recent years. That's changed recently with the Demon Deacons coming off an 11-3 campaign, but old habits die hard. There's not much of a game day tradition on Saturdays. Uh, there's very little around Truist Field, and the tailgating scene is subdued, though we'll see if that changes if Wake Forest can keep up and contend for another conference championship in 2022. Do you hear this about Louisville? No. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you today here. No. Do you want to? Yeah, I do, actually. Cardinal Stadium tops our location category in conference with major roadways everywhere heading into downtown Louisville. Okay, so that that had to bump us up. Yeah, and also not See, really downtown. My perspective is going to the atmosphere, not... Like I'm that. with you. That's, yeah, that's, where, that's I would, where my head is. It's a quick trip from several major locations like Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Nashville, <laughs> and you get the benefit of a downtown atmosphere that's fair, far more manageable than most big cities. That, that is students, 100% true. The students are sports crazed, and the football team has had plenty of success in recent years, and there's a lot going on around the stadium. It's still a fine family atmosphere, but the location and vibes are immaculate with the Cardinals, the biggest show in town every Saturday. Well, obviously okay. a Kentucky kid didn't write that, because if you haven't heard, I mean, there's gangs everywhere around the downtown by the stadium. I mean, it's. I mean, you you have to. You better They're hanging out at Beefo Brady's. You better, Beefo Brady's boys. You better be strapped if you're leaving Papa John's after dark. I mean, come on. The B.O.B. boys are going to get you. <laughs> uh, how can we can't forget that? It's the UK version of the little. I'm a little man. What needs to improve? <laughs> anyway, I'm asking you, somebody who hasn't tailgated since like 2002. So <laughs> the text line can help out. <laughs> but what would I look for if I want to tailgate? The only thing that I don't like about Louisville's because. And this is nothing that you Uval can't do anything about this. The only thing that kind of sucks about like Louisville's tailgating atmosphere is like you don't get the big time football field because it's just it's gravel. It's just it's pavement everywhere. There's no trees. There's no like sort of like yeah. cool like you know walking around campus. There, there are no views. That's and and that's where the Kentucky atmosphere went down for me when I was a kid. Like it's when they, still when they, pretty green. It, it likes compared to us at least. From when I grew up, when I grew up, you I mean you were driving in the grass like you were parking in like an outdoor. Festival mm-hmm. going to to the UK games back in the day, and and where my grandmother's setup was was right in like right by the east entrance, right in the green lot. I think it was right in front of another field house. Like we would, I would from you to me was the yard in front of another field house, and I'd go in there and play pickup games right in front, right there all the time, and have a good good grand old time. And when they paved it, she got moved farther away, and yada yada yada. But like that, that's I, I like that. Like like having the city atmosphere. I mean, it just. Yeah, and parking, actual concrete parking lots, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like, and I know there are probably few and far between of the 14 teams that have tailgating, but maybe three have still to this day the description I'm giving of what I want. I think Carolina does, NC, I mean Clemson definitely Cle- does. Clemson does, I could see maybe North NC Carolina. Does. I mean, I could see maybe Virginia Tech still having that, maybe. Duke probably does, but nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> just because they don't want to pay, they don't want pay to pay. But I haven't been to a Virginia game, but people talk about the views of Virginia being crazy. Yeah, like I in Boston College, I could see being that way. I've been to a BC game though, like the the area around the. No, it's not great. See Boston College, I'm surprised. I could see yeah, that tailgate of the baseball field. I could see. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's like that was the big tailgate area. I know it's not the 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 the, the most, but it's it's. I mean, it's Catholic school. It's Boston football's huge up in that area. The I mean, crazy thing about BC is I could, like I would have they'd have been a sleeper on this list. The the crazy thing about BC is like you drive, like you're, you're going through like classic Boston neighborhoods, it's like neighborhood, and then like boom, like these structures pop out of nowhere that look like sort of like gothic, like 1800s thing, and like oh, you're yeah. on campus, and then just kind of. What city is Boston College in? Boston. <laughs> I thought it was in somewhere else, though. I mean, I, maybe technically, but it's in Boston. Like, it doesn't have to be in Boston, technically. Well, I mean, it, it is, though. Like, it's... <laughs> I mean, maybe like, it's like could be like like 
the city, the University of Louisville is in Louisville, but like, it, I don't know, like technically it could be like what? Like, like, I think Snickers is that's the dumbest thing I could have asked. It's pretty dumb. I mean, that's not that dumb. It was it Chestnut Hill is like the official. Okay, there you go. But it's in it's in Boston. Like, well, it's in Chestnut Hill. Well, I knew it was something else. I mean, it's 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 like it's you go through downtown Boston to like get to the school. Well, so you it's can very go through close. downtown Cincinnati, get to Louisville if you come in the right direction. Doesn't mean we're in Cincinnati. I mean, University of Cincinnati <laughs> might technically be somewhere else, but it's it's Cincinnati. Uh, Boston College is Boston. It's uh, like it's chestnut. The <laughs> the fan base sucks. The facilities are crap. I mean, that's the biggest issue with BC. Yeah, see, somebody just texted me, it's in Chestnut Hill. See, there you go. That's what I said. Well, yeah, but you're trying to act like I was so abs- absurd to think it wasn't in somewhere other than Boston because it's called I mean, Boston. It's, it's like saying, like, St. Matthews isn't in Louisville. It's the same thing. <laughs> the suburb. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you had more to say. You were starting no. to say something, and then you just no. got on your Chestnut Hill horse. I'm just, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, like, I'm dying on this, on this hill, no pun intended. <laughs> I think the biggest problem that BC had, because like, when we went to BC, I remember thinking, like, why doesn't this work more? It's a big-time city. They've had moments in the past. You've got Flutie. you had Matt Ryan recently. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had got, basketball success. They've got some tradition is what I'm more. Yeah, that's what it's I'm a at. beautiful campus. Like, like why... Oh, this is good on TV. Like, why can't you do more with this? And the, the thing that I was told by somebody who's relatively high position of power is leaving the Big East was the worst thing we could have done. Like... The ACC is just not a fit for us. Nobody cares about the teams that we're playing. We can't recruit the caliber of player that we need. Like, like we're and and also like the death of college football mattering in the Northeast. Like it wasn't that long ago, and there was a story. ESPN did a story about this like a month ago about like you know back in the day, like Pitt was a big time football program. Syracuse had big time teams, but BC as recently as 07 was a, a player on the national stage Rutgers had its year with us in 06 when they were good like, <laughs> they got a year and now <laughs> besides Penn State Rutgers had that one season <laughs> besides Penn State there's nothing in the Northeast that anybody cares about when it comes to college football I mean Greer will tell Greer's like I grew up in the Northeast nobody talks about college football nobody cares and like until that changes you're just like you're kind of screwed up there I'm trying to think who was. I mean, I mean, you're right. Pitt does have a history, obviously. It's Penn State, and nobody else. I mean, and Penn State's always been kind of the the, the head of the class, regardless. I mean, unless you argue Pitt throughout maybe the '70s and some point in the '80s, but sure. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Rutgers. I'm trying to think. There's no one out of New York other than really Rutgers, which is in New Jersey anyway. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I'm, unless I'm drawing a complete blank, I can't think of anybody else up there. Other than, don't care. Yeah, the, the thing that the thing that you have, I think does well is we at least try to create traditions that like the card bar I think was a good idea and I, I'm glad that it's kept going uh, or at least did keep going um, post Bobby Petrino because I think that was his baby I think that was his brainchild I like that they've tried this thing with the alley. I don't. Do you even know what that is? Not a clue. They've created like a new tailgating <laughs> area around the stadium, which is like they have a cornhole. They've got like booths set up. It's like a you know, lounge chairs. They got TVs. That's a good idea to improve tailgating. It's a great, like you need more stuff like that. To get people there three hours before kickoff. Like, here's the one thing about, t- and, and again, this goes back to my older memories, which I know times have changed, but also I just feel like, I feel like tailgating is farther away from the stadium each and every year. Is it me or is it because like, or are you just, is it just because I'm the poor version of getting pushed back and back and back while the richer ones are getting the tailgate closer to because they paid for all the good spots? Well, it hasn't really changed overall. Like, you still have like the main, the, the, the the parking setup around Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, or Cardinal Stadium is still the exact same, but like we like we used to when I first started getting season tickets, we would park 
in like the frat lot back by old cardinal and just walk and then the only thing that i ever asked kenny klein for was a parking pass like a media pass <laughs> so i could like just tailgate there with my friends so we got to tailgate kind of close to the stadium we were on the cover of the courier journal for like this thing talking about how tailgating was technically illegal we, you know you, like according to like the letter of the law it was illegal to have open containers at tailgate oh well yeah and in the picture we had like no less than like three strollers and, like three toddlers like like walking around our tailgate this was like probably six seven years ago <laughs> like what a great look for us yeah, yeah. Sounds like a party. Yeah. But When's the last time you tailgated? Um, we went to game last year. Okay. Did you tailgate or did you just go yeah, to the game? tailgated. Okay. But kids, I mean, it wasn't like a my 25-year-old tailgates, but tailgated. It was the actually the, the Virginia game last year where we got beat in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I remember you going to the game. I just didn't know. I, just, I assume with taking Virginia to the Virginia game and so on. So tailgates work, have changed. That you would ta- yeah, the tailgate, like... Like, to me, tailgating, and again, uh, this is my old school attitude. Like, you're getting there. I guess someone technically I did tailgate for the Eagles and uh, Vikings game in 2017. The there you go. I got that game as a night game, and I got there at, like, noon and parked and walked around. And, I mean, they were people started tailgating there the night before, though. For Philadelphia. Like, Eagles tailgating is probably more... Traditional than Louisville has. I mean, right? probably, most, most NFL teams. probably a majority of all, but maybe Clemson and the ACC to begin with. I mean, they take it, and then granted, it was you know the NFC title game, but it was it was a, it was a, an atmosphere. It just like I think it's always going to be kind of a niche deal. Like I tailgated. Like we used to get whether the game was at three thirty noon or, or late. Like we were getting there early. Like I, I wanted to be that. I'm waking up. I'm getting coffee. I'm putting some alcohol in the coffee. I'm getting some food. Like, we're leaving. We're going. We're going to be at the stadium. We're going to spend the whole day there. Then we're going to go to the game. Then we maybe we'll get drinks and go out afterwards. Like, that was the entire day. And then you just, I, can't, I can't do that now unless you're going to have a dedicated babysitter for like a day and a half. Like, it's just, it's, it's not possible to do. So you get there like a little bit closer to kickoff. It's just, it, it changes for a lot of See, people. See, it's funny because you, you say that as a reason why you wouldn't do it. And there's some fan bases that probably say that as a pro why they would do it. They can't wait to take the kids down there and, and hang out all day and have the family with them. I think that the, like the tripod to hold up a good tailgate, you have to have, A, you have to have tradition, whether it be in pro or collegiate. And that's something we don't have. Not yet. Not yet. Well, Talk yeah. in 40 years. Yeah, exactly. That's going to do the thing well one. You got to have tradition. I think it matters on the location in terms of where you're at. For sure. And collegiate, as we mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, places in your less, more urban areas like Louisville, like Clemson's and Tallahassee's and stuff. Raleigh, even though you think Raleigh's a huge metropolitan area. No, but I think it's, also, <laughs> I think it's a little bit bigger than you think it is. And obviously success. But success does go somewhat hand in hand with tradition. But you you have to be you have to have success. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there right now listening that are thinking we're idiots because they are big global tailgaters. And I'm sure there is a nice group of size of people who but do there are they're, they're good that, that, that are just yeah that are that are pro tailgaters. But you're few and far like you're a small drop of water in a bucket that is probably Clemson. Well, co- yeah, compared to like the more well, famous everybody in the SEC, even Kentucky, Kentucky tailgates really well. I mean, compared like. It's all relative. Like yeah. I, I think when you look at that list, I can see why Louisville is ranked where it is. Like I've never been to Virginia Tech. That's the one that I kind of had questions about. But the other schools that I've been to, like even NC State, and, and again, it was a game where it was very rainy. But I would put our tailgating up against what I saw in Raleigh during that, okay. that tailgate. And I think we're, especially for big games, and that's the thing about the Louisville fan base, is we're not great related to like the perennial powerhouses in college football if you're talking about an average game like an average Louisville team taking on an average Virginia team in late October is not going to be an atmosphere that 
you know, is comparable to an average Ole Miss team taking on an average whatever team in the SEC. Like, it's just not. We haven't been doing this for as long. It's no. not a generational type deal. But for big games, and even like relatively big games, it's it has a very cool feel to it. It, it. I think it has a very big game feel to it. The issue is just making that an every week thing. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Clemson or Kent State, we need to be showing up the same way. And that's just, it's not going to happen. First of all, it's not going to happen in this day and age because that's a discussion that's been made a million times. People just aren't going to games as much as they used to because the, the at-home experience is superior to where it was even 10 years ago. And then two, you have to have sustained periods of the top level success for this to become yep. an, a, an every week type thing. And even now, like I don't think I don't even know if it's possible to get there. Like you're seeing Ohio State well, not sell out. You're seeing Florida's not sell. Notre Dame had its first non-sell in like 48 years last season. Some of those they probably have the same tailgating experience they've had, despite the people just don't, maybe don't go to the game. They're tailgating in general and just. Could be, for sure. Moving on from there or watching the games. I mean, you can set up TVs now. I remember when I was young. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, used to, that used to be a rarity to do. Now it's just it's Everybody not has. uncommon at all to have a big flat screen TV in the back of your trunk. So, I tell you what, we have to go to break. What do you think needs to happen in order to improve the game day atmosphere at Louisville? What things do you like? What things do you not like? Let's talk about it. We'll take your text at 502-414-1450 and react to those coming up to start hour number two. Um, and, and do you think the, the ranking of number four in the ACC is fair? Where have you been? What have you liked about other schools? What have you not liked? All right, let's take a break. What are you laughing at? I'm thinking, I wonder if this person did the list because they're like, well, they must be great tailgating because everybody's showing up to the game late. No. They must be out there at the party. They can't get enough <laughs> of it out there. It's that must be it, right? Put them at four. They're good to go. Move them on up. All right, hour number two of the Mike Weatherford Show is on the way next. Keep it locked here on 1450 The Big X. Yeah, this time on my hands, out of here. Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 Big X. Alright, Trevor, you love these. I've mentioned this several times on the show before. I don't know why I get these U.S. Custom and Border Protection uh, emails <laughs> when they see stuff in Louisville, but I still get them. So here's the one I got today. Not drugs this time. Uh, $3.5 million worth of fake jewelry Ooh. seized by CBP officers in Louisville. Based on intelligence gathering and past shipments, CBP officers uh, inspected the cargo of a, uh, what is this, deemed to be counterfeit, and found 200 Louis Vuitton pair of hoop earrings, 190 Chanel pair of hoop earrings, 282 Dior pair of hoop earrings, 300 Evie Saint Laurent pair of hoop earrings, 1,284 Louis Vuitton pair of diamond earrings, 1,680 Gucci pair of diamond earrings, uh, 1,716 Chanel pair of diamond earrings. The earrings arriving from Hong Kong would have been worth a total of $3.51 million had they been genuine. If they, but, but how much were they worth as non-genuine? Well, they would have charged people the same if they were. If they were. Oh, I wouldn't have known either. U.S. consumers. Well, majority of those brands I've never even heard of. I've heard of Gucci and Louis Vuitton I've heard of. You ever heard of, like, Evie Saint Laurent? Uh-uh. Or Dior? Christian Dior? Didn't they do cologne? Probably. Or perfume. Isn't that the one? Isn't that the, isn't that the thing that uh, P. 
Peter says, like uh, when he does the mocking of the Taken scene. Maybe. The car no war. No, that's, that's, that's the car no war. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, as I'm saying it out loud, is is it in Arthea brand? Jakarta war. I just know it as a cologne. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think it's a cologne. <laughs> okay. brand. I could be wrong. <laughs> I just know it as a cologne. Uh, but props to the, uh, the the CBP saving people from spending millions of dollars on counterfeit jewelry. I mean, even though nobody would even know. Yeah, here's the thing though. I mean, th- why not? I mean, who are they saving? Th- these people are still going to be dumb enough to go buy this, to pay for that jewelry. I mean, maybe. <laughs> what's, what's the matter? Legitimate with trade strengthens our economy, Trevor. I mean. Strengthens the economy. <laughs> Pirated goods threaten American jobs and innovation, Trevor. But aren't most of these places from overseas anyway? Hong Kong. <laughs> All this is from Hong Kong. But I mean, how we much. can't let the Chinese win, Trevor. But how much does Gucci actually produce in, in America? I don't know. Don't they, aren't they mostly over, mostly companies, mostly overseas jobs for, for real stuff anyway? You're missing the forest for the tree. <laughs> I don't think I'm something. They're protecting the consumer. They're protecting the American consumer. We need more. I think they're trying to protect. Buy more stuff. I think Americans. they're trying to protect the company who gives them tax, who, they get, who gives them like a uh, little Erroneous. politician's money. Yeah. Erroneous. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, we mentioned we were talking about tailgating atmosphere. Uh, we brought up the bookie.com ranking Louisville as the fourth best tailgating atmosphere game day atmosphere in the ACC and Trevor and I were talking about what needs to improve what we like about the game day atmosphere outside of Cardinal Stadium and what could be better so now we turn the tables uh, turn the uh, tides to you 502-414-1450 turn tables have turned uh, that's exactly how I feel right now yeah. <laughs> Thornton sex line we'll make this happen what, uh, what about like a, <laughs> an entertainment setup like they do like Weekly concerts or something kind of they've show. Had, they've had that before. Okay. Where it's been like they've had bands playing and DJs playing. It's it's hard to get, I mean, it's hard to get kind of like top tier musical acts to play outside of Cardinal Stadium. Well, I wouldn't even say top tier, but or, I mean, you can get up, you just get local groups. Go Billies? I mean, yeah. I mean, I just played Days of New at one point. You know, they were they were just some still local before they blew up after a year. Harlow? I mean, I, I watched this thing on Doc. I watched this thing where at, at a, at a, it was a it was a picnic festival where Van Halen and Quiet Riot both headlined in like the seventies. Yeah, I mean you can you can catch them coming up. Yeah, Jack Harlow, you just said right now. Yeah, I don't know if he'd play outside of a Cardinal Stadium. Not right now, but when he was before back he, in the day. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what you're looking for. Twenty eighteen Harlow. Yeah, happen. you're not bringing this. I don't expect you Gazebo to bring in Harlow. Yeah, you know, you bring in the the people once they've got big. Maybe for a big game you can, but there's always bands that are do this for nickels and dimes and you know something's better than nothing alright your thoughts now on the Thornton sex line 502-414-1450 Tesha says at least a couple of trees in the UofL parking lot would go a long way I agree with this I think it would I don't know why but like when I'm thinking football I'm thinking fall I want to be a little bit close to nature I don't have to be in it I don't have to be immersed by it but I want to at least be reminded of its existence and it's just such a you know, it's concrete jungle. It, it, not even a jungle. It's just concrete desert at, outside of Cardinal Stadium. I mean, all pavement. You, to bring this back to something we talked about last week, look at comparing the two Woodstocks. Yeah. Where Woodstock 69 is out in the woods. It's See, I want peace and love in an airport. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we've got a rave hanger in, in a big parking lot. Yeah. Don't like it. Exactly. Texer says, is Trevor under the impression that the stadium moves? I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I think this is when you were talking about the parking situation. You keep getting pushed further and further back. I didn't, yeah, but I didn't know what you were saying there my selfishness of not even wanting to walk. But I didn't know what you were, <laughs> were talking about. Like, I feel like you wouldn't, I guess, this, I, I, just, I just feel like the, the, the common folk get farther, tailgate farther, farther away from the stadium. Well, the, the lot doesn't, is the same. No, but you just push out, push back. I think you, if you have, if you're a season ticket holder, you get to hold on to your parking spot where you are. And you can pay more to move up. If I've you're never been a season ticket holder. 
Well, that's, and then you're not, then first of all, you're not tailgating in, that, in those parking spots anyway, because you can't get in. Texas says, Does the stadium move? Uh, Texas, RIP to the greatest UFO football tradition that ever existed, the CCBM card march. Oh, it was glorious for a couple of years. Like, all the guys who had the bird stands for. All the guys who had the bird they organized the march before the march. Like, before card march would happen, all these people in creepy bird masks would go down, like, the trail of fans, like, get everybody hyped up. It sounds like something out of, like, a bad, like, uh, Pink Floyd the Wall it's terrifying. or something. Yeah, like. Howie Lindsay took a back. <laughs> remember Vine? Picturing the unsullied coming through a bird mask. Remember the social uh, media app Vine before it was, like, TikTok before TikTok? happened and then sure. Twitter bought it out. It was like quick videos, basically. It was Vine. Vine's not a thing anymore? No, it got bought out by, I think, Instagram or Twitter. One of them bought them out. And now they you know, just they didn't want the competition. But Howie Lindsay had a Vine that was like the creepy... It was like the... It was like 15 seconds of just straight cardinal bird heads. Like, it was like so creepy, but so... Was it marching? They, well, they were just... They were, had finished their march. They were like... <laughs> they 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 perfect march. They were like raging. It was great. Oh, no. It was incredible. <laughs> Texas, the alley is cool, just needs more seating and wicker beer lines. Uh, card march is cool. My biggest suggestion is some kind of horn or siren five minutes before the buses arrive to let fans know to walk over. That does need to happen. Would because be nice. card march, I feel, a, even a bird the, chant. Like, we would tailgate a stone's throw away from card march when we had the when I had the media pass. And I still, like, until, until I heard the fans start to, like, clap and, like, the band start to get going, like, I wouldn't know that the players were, that it was happening. Like, you, your only hope is, because you know, they have a set time, I, I get it, but when you're tailgating, you're drinking, you lose track of time a little bit. And also, sometimes the it team would get there, like, five minutes earlier, when Charlie Strong was here, like, 20 minutes late, sometimes not at all, because he was just, he hated it. Um... I thought he was. I thought his his problem was was the fact we didn't embrace the the. Well, he he would stop doing it because he thought, he thought it thing. wasn't big enough. No, like, okay. He thought it wasn't like fans weren't good enough, so he was like just yeah. You know, Twenty minutes before some card march, they'd be like they're not doing it. Sprinkling. They're not. He looked for any excuse to get out of card march, and then ironically, not irony is probably the wrong word, but the very first game after he left, Petrino's first game in twenty fourteen versus Miami, that Labor Day night game. Best card march of all time. Like it was like the lines were like fifty people deep everywhere. It was incredible. That, and, that was the Miami game. Yeah, yeah, I was I just, at that game. Yeah. I had to think Charlie was just like looking at some of the videos and being like, "Son of a bitch, like, like, this, this is all I wanted." But he he hated it. He hated that we didn't get excited. Texas, you know what pushes tailgates? A winning product. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. That was part of my three prong explanation. You got to win more. And this texture also sent in a, a 2014 Louisville versus Miami ACC card march, peak card march. It was the best. It was the best card march of all time, bar none. But if you want to have those types of environments, you gotta win big. Like that's at least at a place like Louisville. That thirty years ago, I mean, at Ohio State, if you have a forty-year-old dad who's teaching his kid about the traditions of the sport, when he was his kid's age, Ohio State was winning at a high level. Everybody mm-hmm. was going to games. Yep. The stadium was packed. When his dad was his age, Ohio State was winning at a high level. Stadiums were packed. Like that's the way it works. When when we can pour John Rutherford's ten, I'll be like, when I was your age. People weren't sure that Louisville had a football team. Like, you know, <laughs> they were they were giving away tickets at Kroger, and you could show up on game well, day. Well, when I was when I was when I was, exactly. when I was little John's age. I mean, it, it's just it, it was different when I was growing up in the in the early nineties. You know, we, we had glimmers in the early nineties under Howard. Still, and then you, like late eight, like well, the first game I went to, I think was like eighty eight, eighty nine, when I was like four or five years old. And it, it felt like there was like 12,000. I remember sitting like in a place where there was nobody around us. That's all I remember of the game. And like, you just, you could pick your spot. You could sit, if you want to sit on the field, you could do whatever you wanted to. It was just, it was different than it is now. Um, and like, until we went at a very high level for a long period of time, like it's always going to kind of be this way. I can't remember what year my first Louisville game, home Louisville game was, but it was, I think it was against Texas. I went to the game against Southern. It was like 93 maybe. 
I think that's I think that's when we played Texas. I mean, it's, that's how long it'd been a while. Like I didn't go to Louisville game for a long. Like I said, I, I mean, my uncle sees a UK ticket, so I went to every one of their home games every weekend. They brought Ali on the field before that at Texas, and game. then you I, were there. Some bus. Who did? They brought Muhammad Ali on the field before that Texas game. I don't remember that. I just heard my buddy calling me and saying, hey, I got a ticket to this game. Do you want to go? And I was like, I've never been to a home Louisville game. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I like, I'm a Louisville fan. I watch them on, you know, WDRB, but I've actually never been to a game. So I was like, yeah, let's, I'll go. And I, I just remember being Texas. I got, and we going on the field afterwards and I don't know who's playing. Like, I picked up one of the players' towels and took it with me. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was a fun time. Life. Yeah. I think that was one of the, one of the only two games I ever saw in actual Cardinal Stadium. Oh, I saw a bunch. We go to high school games like every Friday. Well, now football day. wise, yeah. and I went to. But we're, baseball, you had, yeah, season tickets for Redbirds. Season, yeah, for two years for Redbirds. Yeah, and I went to a lot of games even before then. So yeah. The best thing about the Texas game with Ali being on the field is you know, John Ramsey would always post this picture of him like, like carting Ali out there, um, and it, the caption said Muhammad Ali escorted by. I can't remember what radio station he worked. It was like W D personality John Ramos. And so I was like, well, I'm calling you John Ramos now. That's your name. It was September 25th, 1993. There you go. I knew we blew him out, too. And yeah, I think it was the game before. I think well, Maybe it was the game before, because I remember us playing Arizona State the year before. The game before that, too, and we won. But I think it was Texas was my first game, because they were both home games. Texas says, as a Louisville football fan, at a Louisville football game, a friend was changing shirts, and another friend shouts, hey, it's not sweater weather. That's good. Oh, that's an old text. Sorry. That was, I was, I was what like, is that supposed to mean? I was like, well, you know, sweater weather, you have... If you have a bunch of chest hair. Oh. Uh, you have your own like, man sweater. Yeah, yeah. But that, I read the wrong text. I've got that. Same picture said, I dropped my season tickets after 35 years but kept my parking location. I just won't make every game. I hate to say this because I want everybody to be you know season ticket holders, but right now, with the full program where it is, it's, it, you know, economy's not great. It's not, if you don't, unless you're very rich. And if you're very rich, then you should be donating all the money you've got to UL Athletics. That's what I would be doing. But it's not. For me. Like, is he, or, or <laughs> it's not financially wise to, to have season tickets. Like you, you can get tickets to most other games. Like if a game is good enough, you're going to be able to get tickets for a reasonable price, a single game ticket price. And a lot of times, it's going to be less than like your face value ticket. Like we had to get, and I hated doing it. We had season tickets for ten years. I loved every second of it. But when you know COVID happens, I lose two of my three jobs mm-hmm. um like we had to cut some costs and like season tickets was unfortunately had to go and i hated doing it but like i couldn't justify it like you, you have to like you know we have to spend money on other things now like, think about the future and it was it was tough now hopefully you know mary's killing it and hopefully i can get you know big x will keep expanding we'll keep getting more sponsors and we can get back in the season ticket game but for right now it makes more sense for us to just if we want to go to a game we can find reasonably priced tickets that week, yeah um but i do miss the parking pass Texas, make the green light green. Hashtag it. <laughs> yeah. Get some trees in there. God, people are already oh, pissed off at the parking that's, actually, I, that's not even what I was thinking of. Well, that's <laughs> not what my mind went. Texas says, don't hate on the bird mask. Nobody's hating on the bird mask. I never hated on it. It's a card chronicle thing. I love the bird mask. Those are some of my favorite memories from UofL, the tuba CCBM. I remember the guy who he played the tuba in the band and would wear the card chronicle bird mask. It was nice. incredible. He was great. Uh, the, bird ma- the March of the March was fantastic. Texas says, I remember us losing to Southern Miss and Brett Favre on a last-second oh, touchdown yeah. pass that bounced off the player's helmet. I yeah. remember the highlight. Yeah. Ted Washington, he pushed off Ted Washington. He got avoided Ted Washington on that sack. Is that who it was? Mm-hmm. I remember it was always on a highlight video that I had. Like, like you had the he gets out of, his, he gets out of yeah. his grasp, and, and Ted Washington goes down. He, he little curls around and throws that deep pass off of, uh, I can't remember the defensive back's helmet it bounced off of, but yeah. Uh, this is a KRC text. 
Curiosity Ticks. KSR's thing. Soups and company are still pretty pissed about the cow comments. That's really disappointing from the football staff. Be adults. Well, first of all, I would still be pissed. You can be. I don't think there's anything that makes you juvenile for being upset about that. Now, well, you may handle publicly. Can you can call them juvenile, but for them to be bothered by that you know, on a personal level, I don't think there's nothing to say. Grow up to that on that. Have we talked? Can we talk about the the local? Because we mentioned yesterday after it got texted in the the rumors behinding why these behind why these UK players are being suspended or going to allegedly be well, the rumors yeah they were doing the they were doing the mob job they were working for UK healthcare and were not why you working in air quotes they were yeah. not showing up yeah the mob and they were job. being played yeah. yeah they were they, yeah they, it was you were the you were the the guy of the friend of the mob that was getting your time card stamped at the uh, the docks but you never showed up there exactly yeah which i think has been happening in a lot of athletic programs but it's not allowed. I mean, I think it's can't. Do I think that was what the common thing to do was before nil. Sure. So the resulting other than just giving away cars, the, the resulting local media feud. We have to talk about it for a second. So I mentioned yesterday, Mark Blankenbaker was the one he he found the twi- the the screen caps the the people on Cats Illustrated, which is the rival site. I think. Don't 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 fact check me. Cats Illustrated is the rival. Oh, okay, it's a site. I don't know if it's rival. I though. think it's rivals. Okay. He went on the side. Like, it's the free board. It's, he's not like getting insider posts or anything like that. Yeah. He just posted from the free House board. Blue, whatever it's called. Exactly. The, the screenshots from fans saying, this is what I've heard. This is what's happening. And he, last night, then says that Ty Spalding, who runs the U of L rival site, yeah. Yeah. had let him know that Justin, is it Roland? Justin Roland runs Roland, the side, yeah. who runs the, the UK side, had banned him. Had banned Mark? Had or? banned Mark. Okay. And I think he was mad at Ty because he he was accusing Ty of sending Mark the screenshots that he posted on Twitter. This is a, a fantastic local rivalry story. Wait, it's wait, great. Wait. First of all, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I need to be explained to why he'd be banned for putting up screenshots of a free message board. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's unless a, these were technically like VIP, which I was. My understanding, Mark said. On I mean, Twitter, even the, on the free board. I mean, even the even the pay board. I, can, I mean, you should get like at least a warning on that one, shouldn't you? I mean, so he, he Ty Spalding, he accused Ty Spalding of sending Mark those screenshots and then banned Mark from the site and then says, "I'll call you, DM me your number, I'll call you and talk about it in the morning." I've got to know what happened in this conversation between Blankenbaker and Roland. I'd be curious too. I mean, I've had Justin on. We had Justin on our morning shows before. And, and TJ's worked with him. TJ knows him. So, this is I mean, high level U of L UK feuding. And it's I mean, also one of those I'm just happy. Like this is why I don't want to do the rivalry stuff anymore. That's why I'm out. Yeah. Unless I have to. Unless I'm, my hand is forced. I'm not. I don't want to be doing the whole like I'm banned from Cat I mean, may, maybe I'm wrong, but my first initial thought is this seems really petty. It, it's if this is if it's if it played out the way that Mark and Ty are saying it did, it's absolutely petty. Okay, it's I, again, I mean, maybe I, I'm wrong. I'll, maybe I need to know more information. Yada yada yada, but. For on the surface, this comes off somewhat petty, regardless whether it was a paid or free site. And if it's the free board, then it is if really it's free. Then I understand, but then you, it's Tom Petty. You do the warning. If it's if it, if it's the paid board, then I, I get like giving him a warning and be like, "Hey, man, that's not cool. Like, you have to pay to have this." And maybe he's done it before, and this, that was he's already had a warning. If it's free, it's free. Yeah, it's like me getting mad about somebody screenshotting something that's written in the comments on Card Chronicle. Like I. You know, it's out there. Anybody yeah. can see it. You don't have you don't have a paywall anywhere on your site, do you? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it, it's all that. free. Like the entire site. Like of course, um, Texas. I know Ty personally. Roland banned Ty because he thought he sent those to blank, which Ty didn't do. All rivals guys have access to all the different sites. I knew that. So that's so awful. Ty's been banned. Roland's banning everybody. Why? He's just exercise. He, 
He's drunk with power right now. <laughs> Where'd you get the time? He's got like seven kids, too. Does he? Yeah. I love him. <laughs> Texas says, Blankenbaker is the worst. He's the type of dude who has never been punched in the face. I mean, Kentucky, I that's Kentucky fans hate Blankenbaker. They do. I know they do. And, and listen, sometimes he does some trollish stuff that, that is reason. And, he, and I would think, I don't know Mark personally, but... I'd like to hope the thing that he does the troll stuff on purpose to get under their skin. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, other than that, I mean, who, which one hate, is it? TJ that hates him, right? Well, he, calls him, he calls him Spanky Baker. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but and I don't think he's. I don't think TJ is alone in that in that group of Kentucky fans who are annoyed by him. I mentioned earlier just saying that the uh, what did I compare the um, to the the little man thing? Oh, the what, what did I compare the Kentucky version of the little man? Which Banklin Baker wrote that, I think, right? Didn't uh-huh. he? I, the, the, what, to be a Louisville man or something? Which I didn't know you all told me about this when I first started doing it's the show. It's bad. It's corny and bad. But it's, you know what? It, whatever. It's whatever, Mark. Be Mark, you be you, buddy. But, yeah, they do hate him. But if he's posting stuff off a free site. It's fine. The thing is, is that he's not even saying this. Isn't him, like, trying to start crap with Ashton, Ashton you know, uh, uh, money phone. Higgins. Ashton Hagen's money phone. This is him trying to, like, you know, pull the thread to soap something comes out with this. He's posting stuff Kentucky fans are saying themselves. That's, that's technically, I don't even know if that's technically trolling, is it? No. Let's just, like, look at what you're doing to yourself. Because everybody's kind of wondering what's going on with these players. These are UK fans trying to explain what's happening, why this is happening. And it's Mark simply posting what they're saying. Like, it's... it's can, you, can Justin Bantai, I mean, they work for the same site. You'd think that wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> that's gonna be. That's, <laughs> I don't know. I wonder what he did to get banned. Well, he said he's accusing him of sending Mark these screenshots. I mean, okay. <laughs> I need to know what happened on the call. Oh, uh, plenty bro. What's Rap John in all this war? This Ohio Valley rivals war? They're not there anymore, are they? Uh, Rap John's. I don't think that's. Is he an he's Indiana guy, right? Yeah. Is Pete is Pete's in Pete's rival? I have no idea. It used to be. Maybe I think Pigs is his own site. Oh, is it site? Did it move away? Okay. Could be wrong. I could be too. Uh, Plumber Bro 1. Plumber Bro 1? Uh-oh. Well, I don't know what KRC was texting in, but like I, what they were talking about on the show today, I guess it was Fauci. Because like, we've had so many texts during the show what that are just Fauci like... Fauci say today? Well, Fauci announced yesterday that he's retiring. I thought he announced that like a couple weeks ago. It was yesterday. I think it, the news came out that he's in December. He's stepping down. Okay, I mean, I thought that was old news, but okay. But I guess they got into it, which I don't know why, but they, like, because like, we've had a, a bunch of tech, I think I have an idea as to what political party TJ supports after listening to today's show. Why? Well, the very that. next text, TJ is also so MAGA, he, so he has a horrible judge of character. Um, I mean, I'm kind of happy to see, I don't think Fauci's retired. There's no way he's going to let 15 minutes of fame go away again. Well, he's been there for 38 years. No, he's been annoying for 39 of them. Well, <laughs> I thought he didn't want to talk about it. There you go. I know. Um, hey, I, I, I'm down the middle, but I'm probably more TJ when it comes to Fauci. Okay. Um, Texas says, have you, the same Texas says, have you discussed the Zach Greenwell hire? We have not. We haven't gotten into this. I don't know if anybody has seen this. So Or know about it like me. I don't know Zach Greenwell personally. Like I've known of him for a while. He's been working at Western Kentucky for a long time. And he announced, I think it was today, that he's leaving WKU after a while it was a great job and he didn't say where he was going but then the athletic came out with their like 40 under 40 list of like the 40 influential people under the age of 40 in in college athletics and he's in there and they dropped the like i guess bombshell that he's 
he's replacing Kenny Collin. Like, Zach Greenwell is going to be the new KK. Okay, that's what I was trying to give. I was like, what position is this guy? You, you kept talking. I'm like, is he a coach? Is he a no? He was the player. I don't know who this guy is. Okay. He, he like did calm for WKU for the last few years. Okay, and, and so he's going to he's basically going to be the new SID. Didn't yeah. Kenny come from Western or Eastern himself before he came here? He spent one year. And I want to say Murray State. Murray, okay, that's what it was. Okay. And when he took the job at Louisville, he was like 24. Yeah, I knew he was young, but I knew, and I knew it wasn't long tenure, but I thought there was a local school right before Louisville. I think it was Murray or Moore. You might be right, yeah. I think that sounds more correct. But And then he was you know, here for the long haul. But yeah, Zach Greenwell, yeah. everybody who I know who knows him speaks very highly he, of him. Is he also young as well? I he's young. Okay. He's got... You said he's under 40. So he's yeah. got some big shoes to fill, man. He does. Anything that goes wrong, I'm blaming on Zach Greenwell. I'm just letting him know ahead of time. <laughs> You gotta have sense of humor too with us. If somebody, yeah, if, if there's a quote that gets out that shouldn't have gotten out, wouldn't have happened under Kenny. <laughs> Basketball team plays poorly this year, wouldn't have happened under Kenny. Kenny, he would have losen those rims at the Yum Center. So well, good for him. I hope he does well. And I like a guy coming from Western. Loosen the damn rims, Zach. Get those rims loose. What are you doing, Zach? What are you gonna do for tailgating? How are you gonna improve our? Get atmosphere? some trees in the green lot, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good plan. <laughs> we got a damn Earth Day festival going on out here and playing some damn trees. It's actually like graduated high school with Zach. He's a great guy. That's all I've ever heard. Is, is he, he? I guess he is he from from Bowling Green or? I think he's from around here. Was he from Louisville? Okay, he is thirty three years old. Wow, thirty three, and he's from this area. That's man, that's awesome. Right in the sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, Texas Green. Uh, apparently, he's a Green. He's a Mead County native, so kind of around here. Okay, close Brandenburg, enough. Kentucky in general. We claim him. Yeah, uh, he'll do a great job at UVL. Texas says. Hope so. Texas, I'm glad the rivalry has reached Mean Girls level. Mike, now that you're out, you're old. Uh, now that you're out, you're officially the you don't even go here person who's not allowed to weigh in. Say what now? I, I have no idea what that means. I mean, I like the Mean Girls reference to basically the message board stuff and to the the local celeb local media. But I mean, I still rivalry sometimes. I, I, I what was the last thing that they, they all got mad at me? Yeah, who's your big, who's your most bitter local media rival? I mean, it used local to be or national? Matt and I used to go at it pretty. Back in the day, like ten years ago, like when it, when it was like all war. Was that because all the time. of your connection with John, though, or was that no? This was before. Oh, even before. Okay. This is because like KS, like Card, people wanted Card Chronicle to be like the Louisville KSR. Like we had the most readership at that time, so yeah. like everybody was like, oh, they're, like UK fans would just flock, even though we didn't do any of like the UKs. Like we never posted about UK, or rarely posted about UK on the site, and like they tried to make us out to be like the KSR alternative. So Matt and I would go at it a decent amount of time, and then he always would do, do his normal thing where he'd like, text me personally. And he's like, I'm so, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, come on, man. I love you, but what are you doing? Been down that road, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really have like a, there was one guy, I don't even know the guy's name, and I'm not trying to be like an ass about this, who would just hate me. And his website, at one point in time, the greatest rivalry website post of all time, was it was talking about, it was one of the years where I think we had Teddy, and we were going, like, we were huge favorites, like 2013 or, 20, or, or 2012. And it was before the game, and it was like, the, the gist of the post was, you may beat us in football, but, like, we're still superior to ever, to you in every level. And the, very, like, the, the first line was, like, we're intelligent. We know how to spell words like governors and rivalry. Problem was, they misspelled the word governors. Well, who was this? It was I, it was like Nation of Kentucky or something. Oh, because like it was UK. Okay, yeah. I didn't hear you say the team. I was like, okay. I and know. it was the greatest post of all time. He's like, he's like, we're, he's like, we're intelligent. We know how to spell words sea like Governor's Cup. Right? It wasn't a sea of blue. <laughs> okay. But they misspelled Governor's. And I knew it wasn't a That's typo awesome. because they also misspelled Governor's the same exact way, N-E-R-S, in the title of the post. And so I was like, well, this, you fell flat on your face. Oh, all right. Yes. Okay. And, which is fine if you don't know it, but like, don't brag about knowing how to spell yeah, it and, while you're misspelling that's it. the best And part. so I was like, this is the greatest post of all time. And the guy like just 
flipped on me. I'm like, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't even have to say anything else. You made an ass out of yourself, and I have no idea what the so guy's probably upcoming blog trying to take, trying, trying to do the the, uh, the prison yard approach, go after the big boy and take a swing at I him. I guess, but he would just tweet at me all the time. I don't remember that guy's name, um, but he was he was uh, not cool. But, but for the most part, like I, I don't have any. I mean, you're, you're a pretty easygoing person, so I, I'm, I'm hard to get. I'm hard to like have a. Few but days. I can see you still having some, just like. Well, I mean, I guess you're you're not a big. Obviously, you're not we, as we established. You're not big on the Dan Woken. Not big on Dan. I mean, Dockage and I had a thing. Well, Doc. Oh, that, that's what my top. What I'm talking about. Dockage has got to be. I, mean, I don't like Dan Woken, but Dockage and I had a thing. Dockage has to be your top rival. You know, he emailed me and like a total passive aggressive way when I had my son. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. He's like, we were questioning whether it was real or not. And it was. He's, yeah. like, he's like, it's great. He's like, nothing better than being a dad because I'd just taken a shot at him like two days before. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, Dockage has to be your number one. Did you see he was on Freezing Cold Takes the other day because he says like, he's like, Urban Meyer will kill it in the NFL. Like, he's like, don't listen to the media. Media's going to do their media thing. Like, it's way too than anybody people does. who are members of the media say don't listen to the media. Exactly. That's just, it's so, I mean, first of all, people blame the media is to a degree in certain ways is just Asinine in general, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> Texas says Mark Blankenbaker is going to be the next Michigan governor if he doesn't take it easy with Kentucky fans. Well, that's not cool. <laughs> what's wrong with the Michigan? I went up to Michigan. I don't know. What's, what's the governor of Michigan, there was a plan to abduct her. And they just, I think, convicted those people today. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wasn't that like, like a half ass attempt, though? I mean, Didn't they just send like some emails warning them or something. No, I think there was an attempt. I think that's all that was. Really was there a little attempt? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas says, oh, this is Plummy Bro again. I guess, he, I guess he's listening to the show and just texting it as he listens. And he's supposed to be in class. He's a teacher, and he's supposed to be teaching. Well, I guess school's out now. TJ is absolutely fired up about Dr. Fauci being a complete and total weenie, and I do, in fact, agree with him. TJ, I think you would be a big fan of, of Clay Travis. Just saying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I love how you're stereotyped. If you, if you disagree with one side, you're automatically, you have to be like a... Camera, what's one of the Kirk guy and Clay, Clay Travis fan? You're Kelly like, Kirk. Yeah, you're 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 clearly obviously one of their fans. If, no. if you don't agree with everything one side says, I mean, but they're, the they're pretty consistently. Like, that's that's the extreme though. Like Clay Travis will do the thing. Like he at one point said that like no more than five people are going to die from the. Like, I mean, Clay Travis is the Republican. Matt Jones. Uh, he's. I don't know enough about like what Matt says about stuff. Matt's to know. pretty pretty democratic. He's, I know he's a liberal, but I got yeah, a huge liberal. I mean, Clay. I think, I, but, but Clay plays a role. Like, Clay, I'm going off Twitter, by the way. The thing that makes part. me mad about Clay, and I've said this before, is he's not genuine. Like he said, like his wife was quoted at one point in time after Trump got elected, him being like, "This is terrible," but like I'm going to like play this up. Like I'm I'm going to be like I don't think he believes anything they say. He was a Democrat until like eight years ago. It's possible. Well, that doesn't. That, well, first of all, you could change sides. I mean. But I think he just he just does it. It's a grift. I mean, I don't agree with everything. I, there's some Clay Travis stuff I do find amusing. There's some Matt Jones stuff I like. But I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge. I'm not. I'm not going to say I, I'm. A, I'm going to agree with everything they say blindly. And I do think Fauci's kind of a kind of a turd too. So this Blake and Baker is a U of L media dude. You graduate from paying attention to like a two a.m. drunk meal at Juanita's off campus. <laughs> what? I like Mark. You need leave Mark alone. I mean, I, I, I already said my piece on him. Um, I think I've met him once or twice, and every time he seemed nice. He's a good guy. Um, Texas Trevor, you should love Fauci. He made food delivery and takeout way more accessible. That's a very good point, actually. <laughs> I mean, you know what? The thing is, is he also led to taking away my 2020 sports, and that that can't be forgiven. They came back, though. I don't care. He did the, the, the tournament came away. That wasn't a Fauci call. Fauci couldn't have stopped that. The NCAA made that call. He could have stopped it. Fauci could not have stopped it. He could. He could. He could. He couldn't have. He didn't not have, at that point in time. He didn't have to keep pouring gasoline under the fire that was. 
Just so he can just so he can stay relevant. I don't think that I don't think the man had the job for thirty eight years. I don't think he just suddenly wanted to get the spotlight. Uh, he sure's not gonna let go of it now. Well he just he's now he's <laughs> stepping down in three months. So he is letting go of it. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is Greenwell. Granted, he'll never be Kenny Klein, but coming from WKU, we don't hear a word out of our basketball program here in BG. He'll keep a lid on it. Stansbury hired him first thing when he got to WKU. Now, he's keeping Stansbury clean. He's the guy's catching. You may not hear a word out of WKU in Bowling Green, but there are people that have. The, I, the one media outlet out there. The fact that some of the things have not gone national is. is Maybe that Zach deserves credit for that because. I don't even know who covers Western anymore. I used to talk to Chad Bishop. Bowling Green Daily News down there. Um, but Chad Bishop's with, he's with Vanderbilt now. So I, I, I mean, the Ben Hansbro stuff, and then they had like the, the handler of the big kid who like left. I mean, they've had some stuff going on down there. And if Zach has kept that program out of trouble, then maybe we do need him here. Maybe the football program's been good. Football program's been good. I mean, they're going to be interesting to see what they do next year uh, with losing uh, Zach McKinney, the offensive coordinator that went to Texas Tech. Texas, where does that Bavada guy rank in your rivals? Oh, the uh, the Justin Simpson guy. Yeah, just another, you have you seen that a lot more enemies than I thought you might. No, this was a kid who like I only got I only had one ever rival. I'm sure the people that hate me that I just don't know about, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I'm sure there are. <laughs> um, like Justin Simpson was a guy. He did this. He had this Facebook page called the Cardinal Touch. And he would just straight lie. Like he would just he'd copy and paste stories from my website and a couple of other stories and change like a word or two here or there. That sounds like something I would do. And then like <laughs> he would play it up as though he was this insider. And the 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 point that the person this guy's talking about is he acted like he would you know, Bavada is a sports book. Yeah, I know Bavada, yeah. And he I guess didn't know that. So I would post like Heisman trophy odds from Bavada and like Teddy this is when the Teddy era. And it was like Teddy Bridgewater ninety two or whatever, and he's like He'd go on his Facebook page and be like, I just talked to Mr. Bavada, and he gave me his odds for the upcoming Heisman Trophy. The guy couldn't oh spell a word. And so finally, like, I, I, I tried not to publicly embarrass him. I would message him and be like, hey, he's doing a good job of that as own. But people fall for this. Like, this is how people, dumb people are on Facebook. He was getting like more likes on his Facebook page than some like of the, the sites that he was copying and pasting from. And so finally, I was like, dude, you can't do this. I'm like, you, and he's like, I was like, what do you think? I have my own source on this. This is my own actual reporting. I'm like, you just changed three words from something that I wrote out of a thousand. No, he's like, I'm paid directly by somebody from U of L. I'm like, no, you're no, you're not. Like nobody's paying. He's like, he's like, I just had a big meeting, and he would just post these outlandish lies. Like, just got back from a big lunch with all these people from Fox, ESPN, CBS. Like, can't be more excited about where my job is heading. And people were like, so happy for you, man. Like, you're 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 earning it. And finally, I had to write a post about it. Okay, I'm like, I gotta know where Justin Simpson is. He would like just take like you know if Jody was at a press conference and we tweeted a picture of like Jeff Walls, Justin would like just take the exact same picture and be like here for the Jeff Walls press conference and put it on his site. And, <laughs> and all these people were falling for it. And so finally, it's I had that hard to go down there. I had to write a post and be like this, you know this 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 can't. And so he ended up just changing it to like the Gator Touch and just started doing the same thing with Florida until it got caught and banned from Facebook. But it was a it was a very <laughs> funny saga banned from Facebook. in the world of UofL athletic coverage. Yeah. Texas says 14 FBI agents and two regular people, but that's an attempt. <laughs> Talk about the... Oh, was it? Okay, I, did, I couldn't remember. I remember the I remember the story, but I didn't know if there was actual an attempt. I thought it was just like a, a, like a email sent or something. I didn't remember all the details. Because it's been a while since that came out. It, it was like a what, year and a half ago? Yeah, I'm not going to remember. By the way, you mentioned Bovada. What was the name? Do you remember the name of the other major gambling, the, the online site? Was it something Bodog or something? 
There was something like there that. Was some, there was two of them that were big. Because Bo- I was bet online. They always send me stuff. And there was Bovada, and there was another one, like something dog. There was something dog, you're right. And I can't, And then that one disappeared, and Bovada's about one of the few that are left, I think. I don't get odds from, I, I get ads from like sportsbetting.ag. And, yeah. um, Bovada might be one of the few. Bet online now. I think Bet online bought Bovada. Okay, because I wasn't even sure Bovada was even around anymore. Because so many. It was Bodog. Oh, Bodog, okay. Which I, is still around, apparently. Bodog.eu. But it's, it's yeah. uh, in Canada. I mean, I just didn't think with all the multiple states where you can gamble legally and then DraftKings and, you know, all the other... I, I just figured the Bodog and Bavadas were just kind of by the wayside now. Apparently, Greenwell used to work for the newspaper in Bowling Green. So there you go. You have to have... It's very much a... You know you know, you know how this... How it works. Good. He's going to help you go with the media. He sounds like a great uh, replacement for KK. I'm excited about this. It's a big jump to go from Western to Louisville, though. It is that. We'll take a break. Uh, we got some more text to, to read. We also, um, I want to talk about a big change coming to the Women's NCAA Tournament, and we have the men's basketball roster to get to. Uh, we'll get to that coming up after the break. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. So I knew this song first, and it's embarrassing. I knew this first as Chipper Jones' walk-up song. And it's, it, about that. it always stops before you get into like the actual song. Yeah. And so I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting something a little bit like harder. Because you know, when it first starts off, it's like, crazy! It kind of sounds, it's like almost poppy. He does but the laugh, yeah. goes. And like, the first time I heard him, I'm like, this is crazy, Train. Yeah, you're hearing like... Exactly. Yeah. Just, just how Chipper Jones would walk into play. Yeah. When I was a kid watching Braves this is, the, this is what the Patriots came out to at the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic walk-up song. Yeah. And you're thinking like, bona, dona. And like, the first time I like, I, I was on like Napster, I think. Randy Rhodes playing? Probably telling me that it was like, you know, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded it off Napster. I heard the full song. And like, when they get into that part, I'm like, oh. Like, and then it gets kind of like a little bit harder when they get to the chorus again. But it's just, it was not what I was expecting. It was a shocking moment for me in my youth. Speaking of shocking, okay, okay. I, I like where this is going. Okay, maybe this is something that I told you before the show. I had I, I, not something in my head. I needed to ask you. I figured we got about fifteen minutes within the hour. This is a good time. Okay. So last night, slightly terrified. <laughs> you probably should be, especially when I sent this question to my uh, friend last night, and their only reply was, "How much have you smoked?" <laughs> like, okay. So I'm not sure. I'm getting more wary. I not that I haven't thought about this before, but it came to more last night. I was watching something. I guess. Actually, I guess it was more the night before because I was watching something that was based in the 70s. And I grew up like late 80s, mid-late 80s, most of my teens in the 90s. But you, we've all watched like the old school, like 50s, 60s, and 70s sitcoms where they always, you, when they take the cherry bomb, they light it, and they flush it, and it blows up the toilet. Yeah. How does that work? What do you mean? <laughs> like, if I light a, I'm, first of all, a. I'm how does the the fuse stay lit? In yeah, the if you're dropping it in a, 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 in, in the toilet and you flush it, how the hell is it still exploding? I don't know. 
<laughs> I've never had a cherry bomb myself per se. Like I've never actually lit one and used one. Like, is it does it have a special wick? Like I, my experience that when fire hits water, water wins. Like more often than not. More often than not, it's a rare occurrence when it does. I mean, unless the fire is like an, an absorbent amount, but I don't think that's going to happen in the case of dropping a cherry bomb into a toilet. How about this? There's a, a full YouTube Mythbusters on this. I'm sure. I mean, I just... I was... Because it happened... The topic is, if you've ever wondered whether a toilet bowl's water would immediately extinguish a cherry bomb's yeah. lit fuse, wonder no more. There's a whole video on this. You can watch this when you get home. It's a minute and 15 long. I don't... That's all? I, mean, I think I deserve more than a minute and 15 explanation on this. It's everybody... Like, all the answers are people just teasing. Like, they're like, if you ever wondered, watch this video. Like, I just... just there's actually a Reddit. The very first Reddit result. How come in movies when you put a cherry bomb in the toilet, why does it out? I feel like it's not just in movies. I feel like you hear stories of it, too. Apparently, fuses generally work underwater. A lot of firework fuses do burn underwater for the few seconds it takes to burn. Underwater fuse is also a thing. So these cherry bombs had underwater fuses? Like They're specifically made, I guess, to work underwater. Most fuses work underwater. So if I light... They are self-oxidizing. They don't need external oxygen to burn. The oxygen for the chemical oxidation is contained within the chemicals that are in the fuse. But if I, like, pinch a fuse to put it, doesn't that put it out? I mean, that's putting it out. It's going out when it's water. The flame is gone. I'm just telling you what the I know. I just, are saying. I just scientifically cannot wrap my brain around how this has always worked. The other response is, fuses, most fuses work underwater. Also, movies aren't real life. Which also <laughs> is the answer to a lot of the questions that you ask on the I show. <laughs> but I feel like it's not just in movies you see, you you hear stories of you know, blowing up the toilet with a cherry bomb. Which also, where are cherry bombs? Like, why can't we get them anymore? Yeah. Like, are they extinct like quaaludes or something? I mean, like, what, what happened to them? They went the way of the... Well, they still have those little, like, You can't poppers. say the Dota Burks. I think they're around again. <laughs> I don't think the Dota Burks back, is I it? Thought it? I thought it came back. I think when something's extinct, it, <laughs> no, it's No, because we got the bald eagle back. Like, it was close to extinction. It was close, but there's a very different... <laughs> I thought the Dota Bird was only close. There's a very uh, significant difference between close to extinction Are and you extinct. sure there's no more Dodo Birds? I don't think the Dodo Bird came back. If I'm, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> I could have sworn we, we brought it back. We're talking like it's fashion or something. We're bringing it back, man. I mean, <laughs> but when, it would have to be like a cloning thing. It'd have to be like a DNA thing. Because when you're extinct, they don't just pop up out of nowhere again. You can't. It's like I don't think it was actually officially fully extinct. Yes, it was. The dodo bird was extinct. Is that the last animal to become extinct? No, I mean, there millions of species go extinct, but it's like they're tiny, like little. Yeah, but I don't care about insects. Exactly. You want you but care I'm talking about, about like animals, something like, with a soul. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do dodo birds have souls? Yes. <laughs> they do. They did. Like now, buffaloes are not extinct, right? Buffaloes are not extinct. What about bison's? I, I, same thing. I mean, when's the last time you saw a bison actually roaming? Though I've driven through Nebraska and Kansas and Midwestern states. I've never seen buffaloes a, have killed like three people this summer. Is that like a common thing? Because people morons at like Rocky Mountain National Park were like, like, hey, I'm gonna go take my picture with a buffalo, and they're like, okay, you're dead. Boom. I always said buffalo. I thought, I, I thought, like, that was one thing the Native Americans were mad at. We we wiped up all the buffaloes. Well, we almost did during the uh, we we almost hunted them to extinction back when we were first populating the West. Okay, that's what I thought the thing was. So I always thought just the buffalo were some semi extinct because of us. They all, but again, there's, there's a very large difference between close to extinct and extinct. Are we official on the dodo bird? Did you Google that? The, the, do, I can Google, the dodo bird's extinct, Trevor. I don't always tell you. The only way it's coming back is some sort of DNA breakthrough in science. Well, we've had those. We cloned a sheep. 
Dorothy was her name, I think, right? Have we not come any further since cloning that sheep, by the way? Like, yeah. That's supposed to be a huge break. And Dorothy, Dorothy only lived for like six months. The dodo bird was extinct by 1681. 16? Yeah. So it's been extinct for 400 years? We, you or I have never seen a dodo bird. Nor will we ever. Unless you or I. No, no, one in, no one even in the, in the close to living is ever going to see one. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't 1961? It's dead. 1681. 1681. Are we sure it existed? Yes. <laughs> when did we land in America? Was it 1492? Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 1492, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you where my, my mistrust of school started? <laughs> it started with, with the, the lesson of Christopher Columbus. And this was before college, before they even did like, they, hey, Columbus was probably like the worst person alive deal. But like when they talked about Columbus discovered a previously undiscovered world and they were the first people to get to North America, and then they met the Native Americans. I'm like, well, wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, it can still be somewhat considered undiscovered, right? Yeah, but I mean, like... Undiscovered by, from the perspective of... Europeans. But Europeans, they're yeah. like, okay, who discovered Europe? It's like, well, they were always there. Well, that's Native Americans were always here. It was always a very How strange thing. Who discover Europe? Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody talks about it because we're, because our ancestors were mostly from Europe and they discovered... Well, someone Europe. had to start there, right? I think we're, people were just born there. Did they come from the Antarctic? I think we all came from the same basic place. The Garden of Eden, Trevor. And wasn't, and wasn't it actually the, like the Bahamas where he landed, technically? No. Columbus, I thought he landed in the Bahamas. I don't think it was the Bahamas. I thought it was. I thought it wasn't technically USA. He was trying to discover India. I know he was trying to do, yeah. He had three boats. What were the three boats? The Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria? Yeah. I mean, we all know that, but we, we <laughs> can't remember where well, it I think he, because he never found India, didn't he die like in a prison? I, if he did, it's good, because he was awful. I don't think he I mean, yeah, no, people are like, he's so bad. He's a, like, the guy is just like living a poor life and living and like running away to prison the last part of it because he didn't find it. He did land the pump in, in the bomb. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah. And renamed it San Salvador. There you go. There you go. I don't think he ever made it to the actual state. Maybe somewhere in Florida he did, but I don't think he ever did, technically. On October 12th, 1492, he landed in the Bahamas. I wonder if he saw a dodo bird. They were still around. They were. They we still 200 years more of them. The West Indies is where he was looking for. Yeah. He did land in the Caribbean and never did touch what was now the United States. Yeah. That's right. I thought that was correct. Which is still... It, then he went on it seems direct. even weird that we say he discovered America. I know. Because when America is named after what is the Americano... Amerigo Vespucci. Yeah, I wouldn't remember the whole name. Texas says, Nina, Penta, Santa Maria. I'll <laughs> <laughs> I like the quote. It's a witch rap lyric. <laughs> is it? I always think the other one of the movie uh, School from, of Rock. Uh, it's, more, it's from... What's the, what's the movie with Will Ferrell and uh, Step Brothers? The Nina, oh, the Penta, the Santa Maria. Step Brothers I'll blood blood while we're drinking sangria. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know the scene, but I do find it funny. Texas hasn't Gary Parrish seen a dodo bird? He repeatedly says it on his podcast. It's a running, yeah, it's a running joke with them. I'm still baffled it's been extinct since 1600s. I thought it was something just like happened in our lifetime, or not maybe my like our generation before lifetime. Maybe uh, this is interesting. Somebody says we are actually trying to reduce and manage the buffalo population at this point. The NPS recommended removing 600 to 900 bison to slightly reduce the populations to 4,300 to 4,700 at the end of winter, and 5,200 to 5,700 animals after calving. I mean, they're pretty big animals. They take up a lot of space. They're huge. Yeah. I wanted to see. Well, they're mostly in what Colorado. I thought they were, but they're Midwest too, right? I think they're all. 
Just up through the Midwest, northern Midwest, Montana, yeah. Idaho's. We I saw South one North Dakota's, yada, in yada. person driving through Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's like you, it stopped you in your tracks. Like, I it's would one of those love where, to see it. Yeah, you, know, you can see them on in movies and TV all you want, but like when you actually see one in person, you're like, holy bleep! Like it's, I would, it's definitely a moment. That's something I would love to do. I, I, I I've, I've had my fair share of road trips in life, and I've never. That's something I've never got to come across, and I would love to. That'd be awesome. Um, Texas says there's actually one dodo bird left in existence. Mike, you're looking at it. <laughs> Hold on. Did a dodo bird fly? Weren't they like non-flying birds? I think that's right. Texas also uh, 400 years after European Leif Erikson discovered Canada. Leaf. Is when Columbus came. Canada's always ahead of us, apparently. In hockey and discovery, that's it. Leif, I've seen Leif, Leif Erikson. What? I thought it was a. Isn't he a musician in the 80s? Leif Erikson is... Um, Wasn't he a team bopper in the 80s? He was an actor, but he's he's explorer. Oh, okay. Leif Erikson was in movies, right? Back in the day? That sounds familiar. I know he was an explorer. He was... Oh. I thought he was a Iceland? Viking. He was. Yeah. Explorer. But I think there was also an... Wasn't there an actor named Leif Erikson? God, why are we doing this? Where's Leif Garrison? Is that right? Who was the musician? That was Leif Garrett. Leif Erickson's an actor. No, Leif Garrett was the musician, right? Yes. Okay, he was a teeny bopper then. Leif Erickson was in Westerns. Okay. We're getting it all sorted out now. <laughs> this all started with me not wondering how a cherry bomb stays lit in a toilet, by the way. <laughs> Somehow that relates to the dodo bird, to bisons, to Christopher Columbus. How, how on earth did we go lighting a cherry bomb in the toilet to Christopher Columbus? Texas is the reason the Dodo Bird became extinct. Yep, you guessed it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> Marcus Teague. Do we have, so we don't even know what a Dodo Bird looks like, right? Yeah, we know what a Dodo Bird looks well, like. Well, how? It's, it's a skeletal it's, structure. We found that they're, they're bones. Okay, so it's no different than a, than a dinosaur. Okay, yeah. yeah. Texas says, um, <laughs> Trevor keeps saying was extinct. There is no was extinct. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Leif Erickson settled in Canada for a little bit, then left. I don't even count it. I like that. He'd be Nova Scotia probably, wouldn't he? Be like up in the northern part if he was traveling between Iceland and Greenland. Texas Columbus reached shore and discovered two things: the dodo bird and a large scruffy man eating a double roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> Texas America's about to go to war against buffaloes. Never forget when Australia went to war against emus and lost. I do remember that. Doing against emus? They were trying to like get rid of, like, they decrease the emu population. And emus were like, no, 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 no. We're taking over this place. <laughs> the emus won. I always think of Australian animals. I think of when Bart went there and let the bullfrog loose. It just totally destroyed their economy because it wasn't it wasn't adjusted to it. There's this big bone lick has bison. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> I've been to Bimbo. I've been there. Texas, I lived in Oklahoma for a few years. There are nature reserves with free range buffalo. Nope. See, that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, I've been to Oklahoma. That would be that would be the one. If I actually got to see a bison in Oklahoma, it'd been the give me one good reason to say I liked being in Oklahoma. Yeah, I can imagine. T.J. Uh, Walker says the dodo bird did briefly come back for the second to last episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Another <laughs> reason I need to watch. The show keeps coming up. So it's not extinct. Texas Trevor has mentioned Quaaludes a concerning number of times. Well, that was my nickname. Was it? My mom used to call me her little lude. Because when I was born, I weighed 7 pounds, 14 ounces. If you, <laughs> if right. you saw a quaalude, it says 714 on a quaalude. So for the longest time uh, growing up, my mom used to call me her little lude, and I never got it. 
It's so until I got older. <laughs> mother, father stories, oldest time. Mother, oh, no, no father. He's the mother, son stories, oldest time. <laughs> Just hey, Mike. It's been a while. Since it's been a while since we've got a new Card Chronicle podcast. Can you give us a funny Dan of the Dump story to tie us over until the next podcast. Oh God, a million. Dan does the dumbest stuff of all time. Was it, what was my version? Trevor in the trash or something? Trevor in the trash. We have yeah. Mike in the mud. Uh, I'll just think about it. I can tell you one next hour. We are going to do a podcast at one point this week. Don't, don't I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't me not realizing about Dodo Birds, isn't that part of Trevor in the Trash? Kind of, but that's also just like normal Mike Rutherford show stuff. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's every day. Did you see Michael Bush got um, inducted into the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame last night? Uh, I believe, did we talk about the when he was nominated for whatever, whatever? With well, he was, came and up? announced he was going to be in the class. Yeah, well-deserved. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, is it bad to say long... That was his initial reaction. Was like, "What took you so long?" Um, but he was in there. Dallas Thornton, who played with my dad at Mail High School back nice. in the day. My dad was on the stage. Yeah. Uh, he was in, in that class as well. But Michael Bush, big year for him as far as like being recognized. He's he's going to have his jersey honored during the Florida State well game deserved. Friday night. Yeah. Uh, he's now getting Kentucky Hall of Fame inductions. I feel like he's been. Is Brian in the Kentucky Hall of Fame? Brom. I'm not sure. I would Jeff, I think is. I'm Jeff sure. would have to be. Has to be. Yeah. I would guess Brian probably already is. Although, I mean, you know, Bush is one year older than Brian. If if it's taken this long for for Michael to get in there, then it might be Brian hasn't gotten in, and maybe like next year or the year after. And I don't think now Brian hasn't had his number twelve, his number retired either, right? Honored or whatever. Honored, yeah. I don't think so. We only technically, re- I guess, the only numbers we've officially retired was Johnny United, Lamar. Yeah. Lamar eight and which what was right sixteen sixteen yeah I don't know if Brian's had his jersey honored at U of O if he hasn't then that's probably one of the ones that's coming up I would think soon. so yeah because we haven't done Teddy yet either well we should do but no I mean no offense to Teddy but I mean I think Bush and Braun probably should get it before Teddy we've done Dion Branch yeah I think Eric Woods had his honored I mean I could see that yeah if Wood has though then you'd think Brian would too. Who else is leaving from those cl- from those teams that that because right because right now we should be start seeing those mid two thousand teams being honored right we're about that era we're we're now fifteen years removed yeah this is the time you see Brom Bush you know B- Branch obviously predates both of them but who am I thinking maybe off some of the maybe you said Wood probably just those two and maybe Wood has not been honored yet I, I'm wrong about that so we're like. Like maybe one. Well, I was going to say Sheldon Rankins. He was later on too. Yeah, Brian hasn't played. been honored yet either. So we, I mean, it's it takes some time. I, I think you'll see. You'll definitely see Teddy at some point down the line. You'll see. I think you're right. I think that the those early to mid two thousands local teams are the next ones that you're going to see like a slew of guys. What about Ragone? I don't know if Ragone. No, I don't think he has. Do you think he should? Uh, I would. I don't think we're going has been. I'm, I wouldn't expect him to actually. I mean, he, I, he was surprisingly up there in a lot of the stats that we were reading off. We're well, doing the Malik well, Cunningham thing. That's also has to do with the time and era of football too. I mean, the passing stats and offensive stats have been. I'd be fine uh, with honoring Dave Ragone. I'd be okay with it too. Jersey. I mean, he was uh, conference player of the year. That's true. That should be sort there of should, there should be a criteria laid down. If you, especially if you, if you were maybe say a first team All American or conference, you should probably have it done. I mean, Louisville's not the type of school that can just dismiss a first-team guy. I mean, let's be honest. They don't They don't come around like we're some traditional, as we talked about. It's not like, you know, we're Florida State, you know, less than the last couple of years. But, you know, we're, we're not a school that, that, that pops them out on a regular basis. When we have a guy who is a first-team of any kind, it's it can be somewhat rare. And we've done Dwayne White. We've done Tyrus McLeod. Well, White should get it just because he's the only player, to, to my knowledge, to ever have get to have helmet stickers as well. So yeah, we're getting. So Dwayne White is the 
he's like the uh, David Gordon has been honored. Okay. Oh, he has. Okay, nice. So he's the most like recent terms guy in terms of like playing days to have his jersey retired. Was Ragone? Yes. Okay, well, him and White were on the same team, but yeah. Yeah, Dwayne White, because Ragone's last year was 02. 03, I thought. Was it 02 or 02? 02, okay. And the same with Dwayne White. And then Deion Branch's last year was 01. So we're now, you're right, like we're kind of now getting into the, the, the part where like those Brom, Bush, those teams mm-hmm. are going to start getting, and it starts with Michael. Which Colby is, Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Colby Smith will get it. I'm just saying naming guys off the team, but I don't think Wood probably will get it. it. Get our Carmody up there. <laughs> Electrifying kicker. Um, you, you know, I laugh, and I don't know if you're joking, but I think yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, I'd put him. I got Acres post He's a national award winner. Like I wouldn't put Acres up there, despite his great success post Louisville, because his Louisville tenure was not. I agree. Not worthy. Here's a here's a good question for you, and we'll end on this. I know we have we're talking on the top of the hour. I think one of the more unique cases, if you're looking at Louisville football history, Gerard Holloman. Because his season, yeah. his big season in, was it 2016? I mean, Duberville's been, had his, right? Yes. Yeah. That I was mean, just a few years ago. That was most recent, I thought. But Gerald Holman won just about like every defensive player of the year award you can win. Yeah. And tied the interceptions record that had stood since like 1968. Like, that's as good, but he did nothing before that, left after that season, and then didn't even make an NFL roster. Like well again, what you do after Louisville should be irrelevant. It should, but it's a lot of times it's not. I mean, I know it's hard. We, I mean, we retired Johnny United's jersey. He didn't. I know. The stats should not indicate a guy. It's who Human had nature retired. not to, to, sure. to lose perspective from because of what happened. But do you? I mean, Gerard Holm is one of the very few well, consensus first team All Americans we've ever had. Oh, then that's that should be a given. If you're first, if you're at Louisville football and you're first team All American, yeah, you should have that. It's it, one great it should season. Be a given. I don't care if it's one great. season. It's one great season, but it was like. The elite of the elite, great seasons. I mean, and it doesn't matter what you did after. I think he has to. I think he has a spot in that ring of honor. Should I agree? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. The basketball roster is out. We're going to discuss what it does say and what it doesn't say. We now know who the walk-ons are as well. And a cool fact about this year's basketball team that I'm sure we're going to hear about 50 times during broadcast this upcoming season. All that and more for a little football talk, uh, more, you know, whatever, bison talk coming up in hour number three. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday here on When Travis did his solo thing, we talked about this the other day, Travis Meeks, who's had a lot of problems, apparently, yeah. and the text line backed you up there. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, because he was a very talented young man. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's the same age as I'm going to say, but I think, we're, I think he's like born one day before after me. It's weird, like because we're the same age. But uh, the, the three remaining members, Todd, uh, and I can't remember the other two, because I just knew Todd the guitarist, because I knew his brother so well. But they, um, they, yeah, they left and called a guy they knew from uh, somewhere up north and 
said, you want to come back and lead singing? So that was Tantric. That was the remaining members of Days of Doom. I was going to say it for some reason, but I doubted myself. I was like, I think the name, name of the band was Tantric. They claim to be from Louisville, because three of the four are from Louisville. So they are still technically came, I guess, as a Louisville band. This was their only. And if you listen to that, it does sound like Days of the New. Like I downloaded Napster back in the day. It would probably would have said Days of the New. I guess it's Tantric. I think that's how I knew it. Uh, welcome in hour number three of the Mike Weatherford Show again. 502-414-1450 is your number. Reminding you guys again, though, if you have a problem with your air conditioning this summer or whenever, um, hit up our friends over at AirServe. They've got yep. the EMTs available 24-7 if your air conditioning goes out at 4 a.m. and you got nobody else to call. AirServe's always going to be there for you if you dial them up at 502-264-9662. They're focused on air quality and energy efficiency, whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted. They'll make sure you're comfortable at home and breathing the highest quality air. Airserve.com backslash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville. Love our friends over at Airserve. They'll send your problems the way of the ivory-billed woodpecker. They'll fix your, they'll make your house. <laughs> it doesn't ring out the tongue, does it? Way colder than Trevor's fridge right now, slash freezer. You know, it's, I told you during a break or during before the show, I can't remember. Like, the freezer part is actually a decent chill. The freezer feels like the fridge should right now. It's coming back like the dodo. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Again. Just kind of extinct. <laughs> kind of extinct. And I think it was maybe the condors I was thinking of. Because condors were almost extinct too, right? Condors are ugly, yeah. But we, and then we brought them back. We brought them back. We saved, we, we saved them, yeah. We shouldn't. They got no souls. <laughs> Look at a condor. Look at, it's a vulture. So I was thinking the dodo looks like a vulture when you said that earlier. No, dodos have souls. Okay. No. Much more aesthetically pleasing bird. <laughs> the vultures are, they're, vultures are creepy. They're gross. So, yeah, my, so my top part is actually somewhat fridge level. Like I put my some sodas up there. I can't do. I can't put ice cream there because it still melts. I tried to. I want to say eat, but I guess drink. One of the ice creams I had left was the uh, was the mocha. And it's so melted that it's pretty much I'm drinking a mocha flavored. I mean, mm. There's no ice cream to it. It's just mocha flavored, but it is a mocha. Mm. It's pure liquid. So I drank it last night. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's weird, but I still got the new fridge coming. Okay. I'm glad I know you I'm cared about you. that. I did. But you have like a new beer fridge, though. You can't get the big fridge. Well, I'm just, I paid the 40 bucks to have this one taken away. Okay. I'm getting rid of it. Our guy, Uncle Larry on Twitter, by the way, says one big plus to retirement is that I can listen to uh, at Car Chronicle every day. Best sports radio in Louisville. Cards forever. Appreciate Welcome to that. retirement. Buddy of mine, Bob. Happy retirement, Larry. Buddy of mine, uh, Bob, just retired uh, just last week, week and a half ago. Happy retirement, Bob. Yeah, he deserved it. He's a hard worker. Love you, Bob. Unlike me. Uh, so, with the, the I, I guess we were waiting for the official signing of Fabio Basili to put this out there, but the official roster for the upcoming men's basketball season is now out. Done. It includes the 10 scholarship players that we know. Yep. I love that Devin Rees is number zero, by the way. That's how it starts off. Devin Rees is number zero. Mike James is number one. We've got a zero and a one. <laughs> I feel like it hasn't happened long enough. We know who the, the four walk-ons are. Who's, who's the last zero? Brooks? Rashad Brooks. What's your year? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forget that. Our four walk-ons, we now know them. We knew Zan Payne, uh, Kenny Son, was going to transfer over yeah. from UK. We knew that um, um, Hersey Miller is technically a walk-on, even though he might get some significant PT. So that's two. And then Aiden McCool is a transfer from Maryland. He played as a walk-on at Maryland for the last two years with Danny Manning, transferred over with him. I wish my last name was McCool. And then we kept Ashton uh, Miles DeVore, who's been here for the last uh, two seasons. This is his junior year. Okay. Didn't play much. So we, those are our four walk-ons. Now, here's the fun fact about the team. We currently have three sons of former Louisville basketball players on this team. 14 players, three of them are sons of former cards. It's a wild fact. Ashton Miles DeVore is Ellis Miles' son. 
Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay. J.J. Schrader is Jason, Jason Osborne's Jason son. Osborne, yeah. And then Kenny Payne's son, Zan, is now on the team. Yep. I guarantee you hear that fact like 55, because it's in the game notes, and like every D like level anchor from the AC Network is going to be like, now, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. actually the son of a former coach, and he's not the only one, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> there are three. You know, Mike, he's not... Uh... It's almost as cool as hearing about your earring is hearing about how we've got not one, two. Don't talk about my Guinness whiskey like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like it. Exactly. That's Mr. Cardinal. You knew who I was talking about since I mentioned the earring. Well, it's, it's a mic with one earring. I mean, besides Jordan, Jamisky is who you think of. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. Take, take the earring out, Mike. You look ridiculous. I love you, but take the earring out. Uh, now, here's the, here's the thing about the, the roster. So, they have positions listed. And we've been talking all along, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but for a long time, we had one scholarship guard. We, we now have two. Fabio is a point guard. <laughs> but we've been discussing, you know, it, assuming Basili comes off the bench, like, who's playing the two? We know L, uh, we know LLS is going to be the starting point guard. He talked about that in a good story that Brett Dawson had in the Courier Journal about how he was playing out of position last year, and he spent this entire offseason, like, learning how to, to you know, play with the ball in his hands more like he did in high school, like he did in junior college, get his teammates involved more. He was talking about how much Devin Marie and, and Kamari Lands like drill the outside shots. So we've been saying, that's great. Who's going to be the two? Who's going to be the guy that can you know, also handle the ball a little bit and be in the backcourt with LLs? And the roster might be giving us an indication of this. because yes, Sure. Mike James? Mike James is listed as a guard slash forward. Figured that much, but, does the, but that means you can play the two. He was a guy, but the interesting thing about Mike James is this time last year when practice started, he was a, he, they were playing him slowly at the three. Mm-hmm. And Chris Mack had this thing where he was like, I only teach freshmen one position. I don't, I don't want to throw more at them than they can handle, which, you know, whatever. Maybe you should have taught some, some guys more than one position. But he was playing Mike James only at the three. And James was, according to guys who were going to practice, competing – very much with, uh, with with Dre Davis and Sam Williamson for that starting spot. Now he's listed as a guard slash forward. The other guy that we talked about as potentially being a, a hybrid forward slash guard is Kamari Lands. Even though he's 6'8", he's mm-hmm. a tall kid. Um, he's listed as a forward, just a forward. Just a forward. Does that lead us? Are we now more inclined to believe that the starting five could potentially be Ellis, James in the backcourt, and then some combination of like, I don't know, Jalen Withers, and then two big guys at the four and the five, Huntley Hatfield I mean, and Vinny Curry. Do, do, do we go, I mean, where does Wheeler play into this? That's what I'm saying. The big question will be where Curry plays. I think Curry's going to play center. Because if, well, if Curry's going to play center, then I see probably going probably maybe Withers at the four then. I say that, even though Curry, interestingly enough, is listed as a forward. And you might say, well, maybe they're listing all the big guys as forward. No, 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 no. Roosevelt Wheeler is listed as a forward slash center. He's the only one who has a center by his name. And maybe I guess they consider Curry just a power forward then. Huntley Hatfield's listed as a forward. Trainers listed as a forward. Roosevelt Wheeler is a forward slash center. And I don't know. If so it, he's the only thing at center we have then. By by the definition of the the, the label. And we may be reading too much into this because I think that you know positionless <laughs> basketball. We got too many forward. We got too many centers on the big men on this team. Well, no, actually, you only got half of one. I mean, Sidney Curry <laughs> played the five last year. Yeah, and he was listed as a forward even back then. <laughs> so I think that it doesn't really matter. Like like forward guard, we probably are getting a little too caught up into it. Although I do think you can read more into James being listed as a guard and lands not. I don't know if that means they're working lands of the three, but who's to say that they can't play? Like, everything that I've heard all summer has been, Lance has been electric. Like, they're not going to be able to keep him on the floor. Woogie, woogie, woogie. If that's true, I assume he's going to start somewhere. 
And maybe even if he is listed as a forward, you can play the two in the system and still like it, it may not even matter. Like like it, I think I think I think having a point guard still matters. You need a guy to bring the ball to the floor. You need a guy to help break pressure. Um, you need but a guy to be the facilitator of the yeah, offense. Pretty much. But every other spot, like I think you just, especially with the roster being the way it is, which is a little bit jumbled, I think you just play your four best guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean the nice thing about this team is I think you can mix and match. I don't think you have to have a definitive like set lineup with this team because of the moving with the way that you can move James between the two and the three, or you can move Curry between the four and the five, or you can move Withers between the three, four, or five. And yeah, I think I think it's going to be about matching matchups, and 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 I know that stands for a lot of people, but not always. I mean, you're, if you're a team like uh, Kentucky and you're loaded, or a Duke has in the past, your lineup is your lineup. You're, you're not di- your lineup's not dictated by what the other team's doing. You're you're going out there and you're going to and, and you know force your will regardless. I think with this Louisville team with so many different like scenarios that can be played out, short of the you know as you said the one position because there's only really one at the one and that's mm-hmm. being fast and loose with the one, is that I think you I think you can see different lineups depending on the opponent each night. I think you also could see. Early on in the season, especially, and it gives me a little bit of PTSD since we had like 17 different lineups in 28 games last year, whatever it was. Yeah, I think you can see a lot of just mixing and matching, just just Kenny Payne trying to figure out what works and what doesn't, because there's no way to know for sure until you get to actual games. I mean, I'd like to have a definitive starting lineup. Now, what happens once the ball is tipped? You could see different guys, you know, depending on the matchup, who comes off the bench and who moves where right away. I mean, maybe Sidney Curry and Brandon Huntley Hatfield just don't mesh well together playing the four and the five together. Maybe he meshes better with Trainer. Maybe Jalen Withers is winds up being better suited to play the four than the three, and that means Kamari Lance has to get bumped up a spot. I, I, I mean, what if you're like I said, you're playing? I don't think, we, I don't think we're going to know until like mid December what, what the best rotation. You're is a matchup think. against a Clemson team that's going a sm- going small ball and going up and down. You're more likely to put a guy like Withers at the center position. Could be. I mean, and, and I don't think it's out of the realm to say he can't play that position. I think he's done before. Yeah, I don't think it's his best spot. I mean, well, no, no but I mean, it's not. But you could do that and then put. I mean, we're a team that went to the final four with Kyle Kirk at power forward. And Kyle Kirk's like what six foot three on tippy toes? No, he's bigger than that. Maybe. I think Kyle Kirk is like he was six, listed. He was listed at six four. Was he? I think he's like six five. He was listed at six four. Now, usually more often than not, your listing is a little more generous than anything. Yeah, he was. Yeah, six four. He. I mean, was he power forward on that team though? I mean, he's yeah. He played because he put him in the corner of that power forward on that team. That's when we started making that lineup. When we when we made our run, it was when we moved him to the corner of power forward. Because who was the we had Siva, and Christmas started the two. Yeah, and then who else was the, the starting lineup of that? Yeah, Jang at center. Gorgie played the center. Who was the small forward? That's what I can't remember. I don't remember either off the top of my head. Cause, uh, cause Wayne Blackshear played the same position as Kyle. Man, I can't. I I'm blanking. That's bad. I'm blanking too much these days. <laughs> well, welcome to my world. <laughs> Now it's, now it's driving me crazy. Who am I? Who am I? Was it Shane? Shane was the power forward of that team. Yeah. Shane Bahan was the power forward. Kyle played small forward. I could, uh, no. I know yeah. Kyle was playing pop. No. I'm going to. Uh, hold on. Shane Bahan was. He was the MVP of the West region as he started at power forward. It was Shane, Gorgie, Kyle, Chris Smith, and Peyton Sears. Is that what says game started? Yes. I always thought Kirk was more the power forward in the team. Yeah, he was small forward. Uh, and Wayne came in. He and Wayne rotated. And then after. Kyle left, Wayne and Luke rotated at the, at the three. 
There you go. There you go. I also hate looking at the Wikipedia pages, like because it has all of our vacated games. <laughs> <laughs> we technically finished that season 0 and 8. No, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Shut up. But uh, the other is uh, hey, does Michigan. Does Michigan Bay still like trying to change theirs? No, because you don't get credit for the win. You just get credit as a yeah. No, but you no know, they, you know, they did to try to try to do that for a while. They kept trying to change the wiki page to. The same that they that they won. Well, that's because they're annoying. Uh, the support staff, by the way, has been announced too. Stephanie Davis, we knew this before, promoted to director of basketball operations. Devontae Frazier is the director of sports medicine. Adam Petway, the horizontal jump king. Remember that, that guy is our new head strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Milt Wagner, player personnel and alumni relations. Justin Perez, uh, the Jay Z connection there is the director of men's uh, basketball administration. Chuck Hall is the equipment director of equipment operations, and then we got Reese Gaines, video coordinator. My guy Corey Hollis is the creative producer, and Seth Tatum, who I think is the son of Vinny Tatum, is a graduate manager now, back on the staff, feeling good. Why don't I know who Vinny Tatum is? Vinny Tatum was like Rick's right hand man. Was he? Very heavy guy, was always on the bench. Recognize? I remember the look, but I don't remember the. How do I remember Vinny Tatum? Because I'm not good with names, <laughs> or faces, or memory, <laughs> or we, caring. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I have more important things to worry about. Like, how do we stay under, uh, on fire underwater? Yeah, exactly. We have a, uh, exciting news for the women's basketball tournament. The championship game starting this year is going to be on ABC. Where, what was it before? ESPN. Was it? ESPN will still have the Final Four games. I mean, network is always good, especially in this year. You know, Network's better for ratings, obviously. Network's always better for ratings, especially in a year like this where you know, they rotate. In odd years, they have their Final Four games on Friday and the National Championship game on Sunday. And then other years, they have their Final Four games on Sunday and the National Title game on Tuesday night after the men's game. It was that way when we won in 2013. Remember, the women were playing the title game the next night. Yeah. It, it, it rotates yeah. every year. Uh, in a year like this where the championship game is Sunday at 3 o'clock, ABC a much, much better spot for ratings than ESPN. Oh, yeah. Because people are you know, looking for anything on network TV. I mean, if you're going on primetime, you can be on ESPN. Now, it's still ESPN. You know, obviously, network, again, is going to have a bigger rating. I mean... You've got to think what probably a hundred people to one have network that don't have cable. I mean, a lot of probably. people don't have cable as much. Cables is a very small drop in the bucket of, of TV ratings. It's like when people talk about you know radio ratings and stuff, and they ask me, you know, what are like? I'm assuming it's all podcasts, all streaming. Like podcasts and streaming certainly have come a long way, mm-hmm. but the bulk of your radio listeners are still people driving in their yep. car listening to terrestrial radio. Like that hasn't changed. And I think the same way you hear cord cutting and streaming services for TV. The bulk of ratings are still people watching basic cable TV. I know it's insane to say to somebody like, "No, everybody's cable." Like, "Well, nobody's cable." No, no. But probably if you talk and talk about the group amount of people in, in this country, the minority has cable. The majority doesn't. Whether it, now, I'm not saying they're just having satellite. A lot of them just have regular basic television in their house. You want to talk about this off air too? Uh, sad news out of the world of Texas high school football. This is sad, yeah. Gary Gaines, who was the the coach from Odessa Permian, that B- was Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton played him in the movie. He was. He, Characterized in the book uh, Friday Night Lights first, and then played by Billy Bob Thornton in the movie. He, the Gary Gaines, I mean, the character, I guess, of Coach Taylor, maybe loosely based on him, but not really. He wasn't didn't really factor in the TV show. Uh, but he passed away today at seventy three. He'd been apparently had Alzheimer's for the last five years. That's sad. Very sad, but he won. That was on TV the other night, Friday Night Lights was. I feel like I'm going to have to watch it tonight. Uh, he won a state title in 1989, the year after the book was made, and then was brought back after a successful stint for four years to try to revive the program in 2009. Didn't go great. Permian is, is falling off. Yeah, it's been, I think we talked about this off the air. It's after, because after he left in 89, he went to Texas Tech to be like linebacker's coach or something. And like his DC took over, and he won a national, he won the title. National title, yeah. Like in 92 or 91 or something. And then he left. I can't remember where he went to 
go to a college job. It's usually a position coach. It's kind of usually the, the norm of what happens in high school ranks. But and, and since then, yeah, Perian, per, Perman, and Permian has been yeah, They're not good. It's not they have not been good. And let's talk about how like I read this retrospective. I think it was I want to say it was like either two or three years ago where Buzz Bissinger went back to Texas and interviewed all the players from his book. Like you know, Booby Miles is in jail now, unfortunately. Uh, really? Yeah, he did, he did a couple of stuff. Like Brian Chavez went to Harvard, became a lawyer, but then lost his law license for five years because he got you know, a domestic assault like a deal. Um, wow, I didn't know that. It's... Yeah, it was like it wasn't a domestic assault. He like basically his friend, his friend's wife was sleeping with another guy, and they like went and like beat him up. I mean, I knew Booby did like the the truck driving thing, but yeah, he he got into and he's, road rage. He's in the road. movie. And then he also got he got arrested after not like showing up for a bunch of warrants and paying like child support. So. Yeah, I think it's then to say the movie has twins or something. Yeah, even at the end of the movie. So he he's in the movie and his part is pretty sad. Winchell went to Baylor, I think. Winchell right? went to Baylor, played one year on like the scout team and then quit. Yeah, um, and he's doing well. But like the, the Bissinger goes to a Permian game with I think um, the, the Jared McDougal, who's not actually in the movie. He's one of the big characters in the book, but they don't have a character from the movie, which I always thought was weird. But the, wouldn't that be Ivory? Maybe based on most? No, Ivory Christian's Ivory Christian. Oh, it was real person. Okay, yeah, all, all the guys use their real name. I forget. Yeah, I couldn't remember. But he goes to the game with McDougal, and like basically, it's like thirty percent capacity. And they talk about how this is probably the way it should be. Like it's unhealthy to be that obsessed with football, like it was back mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties. And they're like. He's like, it sucks for these kids because they never, like, we felt like the Dallas Cowboys running out in the field every single night. Like, you'll never have a rush like that in your entire life. But, like, this is probably a more healthy balance for the community where we're not just as, and it's kind of becoming that way, at least with the, at the lower levels of Texas high school football, apparently, where not every small town is just going ape like they used to. Like, the big school still, like, they sell out that Allen High School that has, like, 35,000 seats and all I mean, that stuff. I think Radcliffe Stadium shares with another high school now. It's, it, it's, it's kind of sad for, you know, that point in time to be totally gone, but also like you know they're like it's, it's probably the way it should have been. See, I don't know. I disagree. I, I don't like the, the the. I mean, I'm not saying you should be obsessed to the point of like insane, like doing insane things, but I miss the pat. I, I think that's a bad thing to have some of that passion die down. I mean, in like major college sports, sure. Like I miss that. No, I mean, what's wrong with high school? I mean, I, I, I some stuff in that book. Did you you read the book? It's been a long time. I, 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 read, I, read it when I, I think I read it in like 94. I think I was like 14 or 15 when I read it. Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff I read needs to be toned down from like a 15 well, to like a 2. I mean, there was a lot of like a lot of the racial stuff that was in the that book too. they don't bring up in the movie, which is amazing. Good thing Jerry Bruckheimer didn't get hold of the movie, right? <laughs> so They do have the one quote at dinner where the, the, the classic like Texas white woman is like, you got to play that big. Yeah, yeah, players. and they do that in the movie too. But they don't, they don't dive nearly as deep. No, it. no, no, no. And then there's a, there's a, a more racial tension in the town than they, they, they show in the movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which I was kind of glad. I mean, there's sometimes there's a, a space for that, and sometimes I don't think there is. But the movie I did enjoy in general. I mean, even for a movie that knowing that they didn't go, you know, the exact truth to the, the way the season finished, they'd lose to that team in the semifinal. Right, and, and it wasn't... I think it was in Houston. I don't know, it was in Dallas, or San Antonio. Wasn't and it was like a driving rainstorm. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was like a four. The game was like fourteen to ten or something. It was a weird score. It was like thirteen to like yeah. nine. Like because they have that. Winchell threw a pass in the end zone, like at the break. And yeah, like, Dallas, the last play. And of course, that Dallas team goes on and wins, and then they have to forfeit, forfeit the entire season because. Um, have you ever, did you ever watch the thirty for thirty on that Dallas Carter team? Yes, it's really good. Very good. Um, the most notable guy is Jesse Armstead, mm-hmm. who's who's ended up being a huge big player with the Giants for for many years. But that's, yeah, I mean, but you know what, despite that, I still like the movie. 
I do too. I mean, the book, and I remember loving the book. I haven't, again, it's been you know so long since I read it. I just, I remember vague things about it. It's one of like what a handful of books I've read. I read that. I read this, um, the uh, the season on a brink. Season on a brink is good. Uh, I read the um, what was the one on Bob Vinyl's NC State team? Personal fouls. Never read it. Read that one. Uh, that'll open your eyes. Uh, and then uh, I think what was the other one? I read oh the Game of Shadows. I read that one when it came out. And I read the book by uh, the NBA referee. Oh, it, I re- yeah. uh, the Donahue or Donahue, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. I read his book. That's about it. That's pretty much limited to. That's a good group. My, my job listing took a lot longer to name off. It did. That's fine. <laughs> I would. I don't think anybody's surprised. I mean, it's still a good book. I mean, and of course, the day after tomorrow, which always baffles you when I tell you I read that. It does a little bit. It's not the movie. Uh, speaking of semi-sad news, it, it also today would have been the forty-fourth birthday of Kobe Bryant. Very sad. Oh, was it? Well, today is the, the uh, birthday of Rick Smith. Happy birthday, Rick! You were excited about that. You were telling me about the, yeah. when, what, when the miracle the, or whatever Memorial Day miracle game. I was at. Yep, yeah, one of my favorite events ever. We love Rick Smith, Duncan Dutchman, Duncan forever. Dutchman. He rides uh, go karts now or something. As a job? Yeah, he's like seven for go kart driver. <laughs> or maybe it was like maybe it was like excite bikes or whatever, like uh, like the dirt bikes. He was doing something insane like that. By the way, we're talking. It always about- reminded me of Brad Doherty in NASCAR. Seven foot dude in NASCAR. So we were talking about like number zeros and Louisville because now we're gonna have Devin Ray and you're like, when's the last one? Was it Rashad Brooks? I'm like, I think uh, Terry Rozier was. Noah Locke last year was number zero. (laughs) Damian Lee also was number zero. (laughs) Takes a lot of love. Lee, 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 we should be offended for not remembering a player from last year's jersey number. Sorry, dude. Doesn't count. I saw Noah Locke like I still follow him on uh, on social media. I saw him like posting his like. The picture day at Providence, and all I could think of was like, this dude's gonna score like twenty five points a game. If he'd give me fifty bucks, I'll give you a hundred dollars, Trevor. You could tell me no locks number to look it up. I wouldn't. I would. I don't think I would have gone. I think I would have remembered. I would have been like one, two, three. I'm telling you, <laughs> lock it down right now. That dude's shooting like forty eight percent from three this year. It's absolutely going to happen. No, what's gonna what's gonna piss me off more than anything is when Matt Cross is like a the 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 Mac Player of the Year, whatever Atlantic. Conference player of the year, eight ten, yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen. I forget what con- I was gonna say. I forget what conference. I think it's more likely his body gets found in some sort of like U- <laughs> Massachusetts River. It's gonna be the next. Frank, he and Frank Martin are just going to. There's gonna be some stories there. Oh, I believe <laughs> some walk-on player dad's gonna be Woody DMing the Massachusetts media, all that. <laughs> it's gonna be a Woody Hayes situation all over again. Texas, this is a good question. We we're, were talking about um, jerseys and honoring on, on the football side of things, yeah. and who should, who shouldn't have it. Texas says, "Do we ever retire Luke's jersey? We're not gonna retire. I think you know we've only retired what like four or five. Well, you, you Russ was the the fifth. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, I think we had this the disagreement on." Difference between retiring and honoring, right? Like retiring we, is you, nobody wears the number. Yes, that's the retiring. And now I, I, I like to see retiring the number opposed to retiring the jersey. I think when, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right when I say it the other way. I mean, Luke. The, the obvious answer for retiring is no with Luke Hancock. No, Luke no. Was, wasn't even the best player on those teams. I love Luke, and we won a national title because of his play in the final I four. Russ is only the fifth player we've retired the number four. And there's also a criteria that you have to meet. You have to be a consensus first team All American. You have to have won a national. Like, like Luke was not a honorable mention All-American. He wasn't even a starter on the the, the, the national title team. Um, he played really well, but I I, I love and, and you had to convince me on Russ a little bit, too. I did, which I think if you're not going to, if you're going to push back on Russ, then, like, nobody's going to be good enough ever. No, I, I felt, I, I, you convinced me. You eventually did. I, I just, from, from initially when you said it, I needed convincing because it just didn't feel right. I don't know, I just, sometimes I just, I, that's such a pedestal to be put up on. Sure, but I think, you know, there's also, like, a recency bias deal. Like, Possibly, Luke, right. I mean, as far as even honoring his jersey, like, Luke 
I mean, it's it's, it's kind of borderline. Like I, I would say from those teams, like Peyton Steve would have to be ahead of Luke. Uh, Gorgie would have to be ahead of Luke. I'm wondering if you say. I'm curious if you said Shane or not. No, Shane. No, no. I mean, Shane was effective on that team. He was. He certainly was. I mean, Luke won us the first half. Shane won us the second half. And I mean, Shane also was the better player. I mean, Luke didn't play in 2012. Shane was a, a, a starter on that team in 2012 that went to a but, final four. Let's just think. You can't when you talk about retiring numbers or jerseys. You can't leave it to one like a, a, a game situation. And then this something gets saying Luke didn't. I'm with you. But Luke is known for a game. Shane, that mostly that game. Well, you're right. Wichita State, and, and Luke was, you figured how good he was in the final four. Yeah, games. when you bring Wichita State, there's only, Luke's not the white dude you think of. For sure. It's Tim but Luke, Luke was our best player in that game. He was, possibly. But here's the thing. I mean, we're talking about two seasons at Louisville. Luke averaged 8.1 points per game and 12.3 points per game. And as much as he's remembered as a shooter for those games, he didn't shoot 40% from three in either one of those well, seasons. if you remember, he had the, uh, the arm problem all year. His shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> every test, all I always heard, he's going to be a shooter. This guy's not shooting. Well, he's got arm problems. It's like you heard that every every Luke defender you heard that for him. Maybe right. I think so. it was legitimate based on possibly I'd heard of it. So he, I mean, great player, though. but like I mean, definitely can't have his jersey retired. And honoring, I think, is still kind of borderline. I mean, I'd be fine. With, nobody's going to push back because of what he did in the the, the the biggest moments in recent Louisville basketball I mean, history. Here's the thing: if if you're returning somebody outside of Russ, wouldn't it be Clifford Rozier next? Um, I, mean, I mean, first team All American, but he didn't win a national title. True, but I mean, that's part of the deal. I think first being a first team All American would be right behind just winning a national title. But, but again, you have to do all those things. You have to check those boxes to even have a chance to be. I don't even know. If win, I don't think winning a national title should be. Ha- I mean, I think it's a plus, but I don't think that should be a criteria. It is. I mean, and also like Rozier had. Like, I'm not saying it really is. Really, his only good season here, like big time season. Well, he had two good seasons, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was. He's still pretty damn good. He's, I mean, he's very good. You, you just, you unfortunately, like I, have that lasting memory of him half-assing up the field, up the court against Arizona. And those teams just underachieving. Yeah. Like, that team should have been way better. I mean, that was... But, it, I mean, but in terms of individual play, I mean, again, he still has a record for most best... But most field goals made and attempted in the game. I thought it got broken. No, I, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, it, no, I, I thought we had this. I had this with the text. I established it. It was Rozier. But didn't it get broken, like, three years ago? No. I thought Rozier it was just... Like, 25 for 25. Oh, but that wasn't a game. Yeah, it was. What? I found the box score and even said, didn't I send it to you too? No. I sent it to a texter one time. Cause I had to, it took me forever. I had to find the box score to do it. Like do an old pro, do an old 25 like, of 25 would be like a national. He would have scored 50 well, points. Well, I think he was actually 20 of 20 to be exact. I mean, he, to, yeah, I mean, he would scored like over 40 points. And he, Rozier never scored 40 points in a game. It was something along there. It was near 20 for 20. Because Canadian's Holden's record back in the day was like 11 for 11. Yeah, but he broke Holden's record. Which may have been, th- maybe it was only like 12 or 12 or 13 or Yeah, 13. I'm going to say. It was against Eastern Kentucky, I'm almost positive. Uh, Texas says, we should retire Shane's jersey since he sold his ring online and claimed it was stolen. <laughs> it was not a good look. I think Rozier should, just, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say retire his, his number, but if you're going to start considering actually doing it again, he would be one of the first ones I would consider. But again, Trevor, it's not, it's a non-starter. Like, they, they have a criteria established, and he doesn't fit the criteria. And the, and the criteria, when we're talking about retiring numbers between basketball and football, is two completely different stories. Right. But, but again, like, Louisville has, I'm trying I to say, say I get so he's not saying. even, he's saying he can't even be considered. Okay, then, then, then there's no one left to consider that. Well, I mean, Siva will be the only one, and you're not going to do that, I don't think. So it would be whoever's like next. I mean, and you don't need to do like we're probably not going to do it for like another fifty years. And I don't. Like, I said this when we did the Rust thing. We yeah. may ne- we may never retire another jersey because it's so rare to have a guy that fits those criteria. And then like 
stays for more than two or three years. I don't think winning a national title should be, I, Again, you're going to tell me oh, it's their criteria. I get it's their criteria. It doesn't mean their criteria is wrong because it is. But I, I, I'm telling you it cannot happen. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I, I know you don't think it should be, but I'm telling you the way it is. I'm, Clifford Rozier cannot be retired. I get that. So, like, he's not going to be considered. The next time I think about somebody, like, it would have to be Siva right now, and that would be it. Yeah, it's going by to be this we can just give walk-ons retired numbers at this point over some of the people that actually deserve it, though. Because they happen to be on a national Well, no, because they have to be first-team All-Americans, too. No. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll take uh, some text on the Thornton Stacks fine. 502 414 Was he a first-team All-American? I don't think he was, so he wouldn't even fit. Yeah. yeah. So he would be, I guess, yeah, you can't, I mean, there's nobody you, you can consider right then now. Then again, we have retired numbers of the other four that don't match our own criteria, so what, what does that say? Well, they said it after the first. Three of the four don't even match the criteria. <laughs> well, no. Two of the five. Well, Tyra didn't win. Uh, he's won. And then... Well, I guess yeah, Griffin Nelson, yeah, Elston. Who's the who's the who am I forgetting? The fourth one is West Unsel. Oh, West Unsel didn't win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll go to break. We'll come back. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Stacks line. We'll take uh, some text from you before we. How can we get to a lot before we can get out of here? All right, we'll do all texts in the last half of the show. We'll try to. Well, we have like fifteen minutes. I'll shut up. We'll make it happen. We're gonna do it. Uh, Mike Weber show rolls on after this here on fourteen fifty the Big X. This is Jason New on Letterman. Todd the guitarist was 18, everybody else was 17. It's amazing being on David Letterman at 17. Crap my pants. I wonder how Travis kind of kind of fell into that path, though. Being told how everybody told him how great he was. Just like you. A young kid, yeah. That's how you ended up with Big Axe. <laughs> <laughs> on ESPN Radio. That'd be awesome to be a little bit. I mean, I played the, the very beginning because I just kind of remember that a little bit where he's like, you're from Indiana? And they're like, yeah, because Travis was from Charleston. Okay. The other three were from Louisville. But he moved here to Louisville, if I remember right. And but they still kind of claim that kind of Southern Indiana Louisville thing, you know, you know Chestnut Hill, Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> Call back for those listening to the whole show. Cross you, yeah. Before and we get Letterman's say- like, "You're from where's Charleston?" Yeah, cause, like it's near Evansville. He's like, oh, "Okay." Before we get to this, uh, these texts and try to get to as many as we can before the end of the show, we're reminding you about our, fr- our friends over at First Bankers Trust. Uh, invest in you. Make the first choice in wealth management with First Bankers Trust. They've got you covered with not only investment management but also comprehensive financial planning, trust and estate services, and my gosh, so much more. If you want to see it to believe it, go to firstbankerstrust.com. First Bankers Trust. Trust in yourself. Trust in First Bankers Trust. Trust in Scott Satterfield to beat Syracuse. It's all about trust. So I trust all that. Who do you trust more, First Bankers Trust or Scott Satterfield to beat Syracuse? First Bankers Trust. So do I. Same. Same. They'd be Prove us wrong, Scott. 
I, I, don't, I don't need to worry about them being Syracuse. I can guarantee they'll be Syracuse. First Baker Stress would win by a couple scores. Oh, they'd cover the spread. No question. All right, they'd go in there making them wish they had Lamar Jackson back. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sykes line. We were talking at the beginning of the show about uh, best tailgate, best game day environments in, in the ACC, the rankings that were out there, and what can be improved at Louisville. Uh, Clemson, of course, was number one on this list, as you might expect. Tetra says, Clemson fans finished a wild Saturday by going to Waffle House and partaking of the All-Star meal. <laughs> we went to a Mexican restaurant after the first time we went to a Clemson game. It was not good. That's all I can say. What was, it, was it a chain? No. It was like classic. It was genuine Clemson, South Carolina, Mexican. Which, if you can believe it, was not ideal. <laughs> Wasn't great. I got. I had. A, I had a burger from a new place last night that was good. What was it? Smoky Bones. Smoky Bones. Okay. They, might, they might make next year's burger le- week. Back to the little burger week. Yeah, Bringing all the local establishments. Uh, of course, I got that in a, in a barbecue platter because I wanted something for later on. And it's a lot of meat. It's a lot of meat. It's a lot of meat. But the burger was tasty. I got it with Swiss and onion tangers. Ooh, Tang- Is it tangers or tanglers? I think tanglers. I think it's tanglers. But it was tasty. Texas, I had to go to Winston-Salem for work training. The university seems nice. It looks just like the private school from the 80s movie Toy Soldiers. That town makes BG look metro- metropolitan. That's an esoteric on a movie. I was going to say, a very, an esoteric reference only Trevor Kelsey yeah, could appreciate. I've thought that movie forever. Toy actually. Soldiers. Texas says... Uh, you know, I was shocked. No, I've only been to Winston-Salem once, and I was surprised how, how metropolitan it looked. Where? Winston-Salem. I've never been. It's... I mean, it's not right at Louisville, but it's it's close to. I mean, it's borderline really? Louisville. Yeah, I don't know about overall size, but like the the the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for the the panoramic view, your skyscraper look. Okay, you know, going up, you know, Louisville doesn't have exactly the skyline that would you know make you think you're in Indianapolis or other cities. But now you were crapping on the size of Raleigh. I assume Raleigh's bigger than Winston Salem. I've never been saying, to Raleigh. Are though. you saying it's not? I've never been to Raleigh, so I don't know. Let's look it up real quick. Like, in terms of, in, but when I drive past, I've driven through Winston-Salem, and it was my first time ever doing it, it was about a year ago or so, and I was Raleigh's like, more than twice as big as Winston-Salem. I mean, I wonder if it has the same skyline. I guess it does then, maybe. Because Winston-Salem's got a decent little skyline. Just population. Oh, well, see, I can't, I mean, I can't speak for that. I'm just, again, speaking from the eye. Winston-Salem is slightly smaller than Greensboro. They're both much smaller than Raleigh. I mean, that surprises me a little bit. It looks it looks like it'd be bigger. Texas says, Russia ties, crapping on the football team, and now he used to go to UK football games. TK is definitely a mole. Wait a minute. You've, 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 the Russia ties I'm okay with. What was the middle thing? Crapping on the football team. Well, I mean, I've only crapped on it when it, did, when it deserves You food. revealed that you used to go to UK games growing up before. Though. Yeah, I, I did. It's not an, this was not an unknown thing. No, yeah, I went, I went to almost every UK home game from like 89 to 93. 92, maybe it was, yeah, 1993 ish. And even after that, I would go to random games on periodically. Yeah, my uncle had season tickets. He would take me up there on the weekend. I'd say we stayed at my grandmother's. I'd love to stay at my grandma's house in Lexington. It was fun. And then uh, I'd always go look, explore, and trying to find my uncle's old stuff. I'll never forget, I found once a, a pack of basketball cards unopened from 1969. Love Open, it. I was hoping to find maybe a Lou Alcindor rookie card. I didn't. Texas says, I'm a podcast listener from Tennessee, so I've got no idea where you guys are at in the show. Second time we've gotten one of these. Not listening. Can't listen. Podcast listener. Love you guys. Uh, but, Mike, I want you to choose between these two scenarios of b-ball recruits. Would you rather land DJ Wagner or not land Wagner, but you land A.J. Johnson and Aaron Bradshaw? My brother and I are debating over it, and we'll listen later. Whoever you choose, the loser gets kicked in the nads. Nice. We will update tomorrow on said condition of loser's nads. Oh, now I'm excited about this. I would... <laughs> Here's the deal. In a normal situation, I feel like this is a no-brainer. 
you take Johnson and Bradshaw. I think you're going to say the same thing I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think you're The Wagner thing is, like, I'm still taking Johnson and Bradshaw. The Wagner thing is almost more symbolic than it is actually about the player himself. Because we're, we're talking, Aaron Bradshaw is now the number four player on 24-7 sports. AJ Johnson is now the number nine player on Rivals. DJ Wagner is number three or number two, depending on what you're looking at. You're, taking, you're basically asking for two top ten players versus one top ten player. We've got nads on the line, so can you read the first part of the question again? Would you rather have DJ Wagner, or you don't get Wagner, but you get both AJ Johnson and Aaron Bradshaw? If if it's a personal opinion, then I'm going Johnson and and Bradshaw. Same. For for one reason, a you're you're going two for one. You have a better chance of one of them being a stud and one not. Now, what would be perceived? I think in terms of from the outside perception, I think DJ Wagner is more important. Like if you if you don't get if you get those other two. You're going to have some of your casual fans, I think, n- doesn't care that these are two guys in the top five. AJ right. Wagner's name is that. You're right. But th- his question was, who do we prefer? I say. For you in particular. I say Johnson and Bradshaw. And I'm with you. From that way that question is stated, I'm going Johnson and Bradshaw as well. This, I, hope, this, I hope someone wears a cup. In this hypothetical. I think you have to assume that you, well, if you don't get Wagner, he goes to Kentucky, right? Because if you add that element yeah. to it, you lose Wagner, but he goes to like the G League, then I, I think it's obvious. You take Johnson and Bradshaw. If you Bradshaw, you also would be taking away from UK. So that's a, no small thing. Like We would have that feather in our cap. And then you can argue that Johnson, if, you know, we would do this, where Johnson's actually better than Wagner and all this stuff. The Wagner thing is almost more about... The name. The name, yeah. and like we brought Kenny Payne in yeah. because to get players like this and all this stuff... He's dropped in the rankings, though, so it's, I don't think it's it, it's not as much this whole... Uh, when we first got Kenny Payne, I think it mattered that he was like this consensus number one overall player because it was, we never get that type of guy. Like He's so much better than everybody else in the recruiting rankings, and now, even though he's number two or number three, there's not... like, like He's lost a little bit of the luster on his name. A little bit. It's not like he's this one-and-done... Tra- he's still a one-and-done, but it's not like he's this transcendent better than everybody else in his class, can single-handedly win an no. national championship type player. And I think that changes things a little bit. No, but the but the name still means more, I think, to... I don't want to say the, the, the fans in general, because I think there are some, like yourself, I, and maybe most of our listeners, that know that, you know... But the casual fan perspective, the social media fan, it's got to be... I think Wagner's more important because of the, the, the yeah. cachet the name the name carries I mean I think they would get over it though if you get AJ Johnson and Bradshaw in and they both are very good players I think a little bit I just take time let me rephrase okay as the season goes along yes but from initially initially they go we didn't get DJ DJ Wagner's like coming here we're taking these two I think there's a backlash there would be a backlash and I think you would just I would just have to say like the juice will ultimately be worth a squeeze again if it's my personal opinion and you would be and you'll be fighting that battle until hopefully we're right that the two were better than the one I think you deal with the fans that are upset and you say this is best for the team moving forward like these two guys I mean again it would also matter who you would have in that class but this is true just in this hypothetical alone but Wagner's name two top 10 guys over one top 10 yeah but Wagner's name outweighs I agree I agree that five top 10 guys Texas U of L could easily take a play page out of Arthur Blank's book. He made the Falcons tickets affordable, and they've won 65% of home games since he's on the team. I mean, Arthur Blank's the same guy that had Bobby Petrino promise. He did. You ever notice he looks like um, the, what's the villain guy that used to do the voice for the thriller video? What's his name? The Vincent Price? Yeah, he looks like Vincent Price. You ever notice that? He does, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's kind of creepy looking. 
Tesla season tickets in the expansion are about $500 for four, so not too great of an investment. Also, with the uh, new app, you can easily transfer tickets to friends or anyone you would like to. It does, it does, the new app is great. It's for uh, just like if you want to give tickets away, like I had done it a couple times, had it done to me a couple times. It's, it's all awesome, great. but part of me hates the death of the, the, the fact that Ticket Stub has gone the way of the dodo bird. It has. Bring like, back the dodo. I remember one of the things I did at Lexington during a tailgate one time when I was a kid, me and my buddy, my cousin. We went walking around Commonwealth, and we were walking like, underneath the area, and we were basically picking up trash, but we were picking up any old ticket studs we could find. Yeah. And I remember finding one from the Georgia game in 1980. Under the, and God knows, I'd been in there for a decade almost <laughs> underneath this, this stadium. And I remember finding this big collection of these old school games. It was just, it was awesome to me. Like, this I, is a, it was one of my funnest times ever at a UK football game. We've only got about five minutes here. Um, this is a good question. I like this. If you had to retire only one of these two numbers, would it be Brom or Bush? I think it's Brom. I think so too. I'm leaning Brom. He played more of a role in those. The teams. injury. The injury changed. The that. injury changed everything. If Bush plays that whole 2006 well, season, he's we, like a first team All American, the national title. First of all, playing, it, I guarantee it. He's going to win the Heisman. We all know this. Science has proven it. Math has proven it. He would have won the Heisman. We would have won the national title. Then that changed the discussion. But he played. I mean, you forget he was splitting time. For most of his sophomore season, he had that breakout game in the Liberty Bowl in 2004. Mm-hmm. 05, he still had a, He was the lead back. There still were some other guys there. Yeah, he ran like, for 1,400 yards and 23 touchdowns. Like, Brian split playing time his freshman year and still was the Conference USA freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. And then those were his team's junior, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Like, I think it's got to be Brian over Bush. Bush may have been the better overall talent, but... Brian, I think, had more I think of Bush impact. was the better player. I mean, that kind of shows as you look at their even their their, yeah. their slight pro careers. But, yeah. Bush doesn't get hurt also. I'll, come, I'll, I'll say this and I'll go to the data. Bush doesn't get injured. He's a, he's a late first round, early second round pick. Oh, I think I think for sure. I, think I no guarantee problem. that almost. Texas, if we're doing honor jerseys, you got to do Jair soon. That's He's down the line. We, if we're still in the mid-2000s. We haven't even got to the Teddy days. And, like, I mean, I we've got guys ahead of him. Jair played three seasons here and he was hurt for almost his entire junior season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's... He was great as a sophomore. Had a, it was incredible <laughs> that Clemson game. He was good in the four. I think he only played like four games his junior year. Would he be the modern day Unitas almost in a way? No, not to that degree because Unitas yeah, was kind of. But we knew how good Jair was, and he had a big impact when he was healthy. Yeah, he just. I mean, you forget it was also punt returns and kick returns. He, he was so yeah. good there. And then remember, the defense got miraculously better that 2017 season when he came back for the last three games of the regular season, and then he didn't play in the bowl game, which rubbed some people the wrong way. But it was, it was the right thing to do. Clearly, he's not having. I think any, no, re- I didn't mind. any regrets about that no. now. Um, Texas says, um, let's see, in order to honor Brian Brom, they'd obviously have to coordinate a weekend that Purdue doesn't play and Louisville has a home game. It's also it's also just kind of like awkward now between with the Satterfield and Brom stuff. They'll push. I think they'll, they'll hold off Brian for as long as possible. You think that's why they maybe chose Bush over Brom right away? Maybe. Cause it, it, it makes sense. Let's be real. It's awkward because if Brian's here, I know it would be about Brian, and there's not as much awkwardness between he and UofL as there is with Jeff, but Jeff would be there as well. Like The whole family's going to be there. And it would I mean, be a Brom fest. I would think the Broms are professional enough to know that they're... Well, they know, are, to, for sure. To, ...to be able to, to put a fine line between there, but... They are, but I'm saying... But the scheduling would be, yeah. And, then, and like he just said, the scheduling alone would be a nightmare. I yeah. mean, because, yeah, they're always active. It'll happen, but I can see it being like a couple more years. At least either before, like, Satterfield's gone or when enough, like, time has passed with this whole, like... Like, if Jeff was coaching us this year, I could see Brian it being Brian this year. Oh, yeah. I think it would almost make more sense. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't do them both this year. It would make sense to do. I mean, like a dual thing. Although I think Mike would hate it. Like, 
No, they don't do. They no, tried no, doing like the no, whole Bush Brown thing together. There. They deserve their own. Spotlight. But everybody does like talk about them together. They do, but in this case, they deserve their own spotlight for their with their achievements. They don't need to be pushed together. I agree with you. Tell us how many squirrels on the field this year. We need some prop bet predictions. At least one. Over under at four. Over under is half. I'm going over. We're getting one. That just baffles me how cats and squirrels get on the fields. Texas, they definitely, talking about the, the roster with having three players who are former UL player sons, they'll also mention that Nolan Smith is Derek's son, too. Oh, yeah. That's coming up as well. <laughs> it's a full-on family affair this year. Texas says, <laughs> geography trivia, how many states border Kentucky? Uh, Illinois, Ohio, West Virginia, Tennessee, Indiana, and um, is, is Missouri, is that six? It's six. I can't remember if the last one's Missouri or Virginia. Oh, that's a good question. I'm thinking that little tip at the very end where Kentucky has that little weird part where it's like a weird I little. I think you're right. I think, I think that touches Missouri. I could be wrong, though. It's Virginia. Texas does. It is Virginia. Virginia. Okay. I thought I was with you. So we were five out of six. I can. That's why I, I wasn't sure about that fifth one. I knew I was a little off on that one. Texas, I forgot to text this in yesterday, but my bold prediction is the football team gets more wins than the men's basketball team. <laughs> that's good Lord. God, God help us. That's I hope that's true. not a real bold I hope prediction. that's not true. If that happens, it's going to be such a long year. And an expensive one for that, in my fact. Texas started watching House of Dragons, not sure about it. Uh, Texas says, Trevor, quote, I don't eat that much. Also, Trevor, I ordered a burger and a barbecue platter. Three piece. It was smoked sausage, uh, pulled pork, and uh, uh, the turkey. It was good. <laughs> Because the problem is that we as Louisville fans have created the scenario that if we don't land Wagner, we've somehow lost. And let's be realistic and understand we likely won't get any of them. No, we have. He, we've, he's, he's, we've, uh, I bet we get at least one of those three. To, not to, to, to do a cleaner version, a 40-year version, we put it on the pedestal. We have. No, we no we put it way up on the pedestal, and it's, it's gotten the more and more we talk about it and build it up, and we're to blame slightly for that. But it's. It's, yeah, it's well, gotten the up there. We've all, and both sides, UK fans too, we've fallen for the bait with the ri- recruiting rivals, recruiting riders, when they've said, hey, he's, this kid's going to go to U L. We've all been like, ha, look at you, morons, like laughing point, laughing point. And then when they're like, he's going to go to UK, UK fans are like, ha, look at you, morons, laughing point, laughing point. Whichever side loses now, it's going to be even more of a gut punch than it would have been like five, four months ago because both sides have like celebrated his commitment before it's actually happened. I mean, just getting Wagner at this point, we've, we've built up in our minds that we've won. It doesn't matter what he does. You're right. You're not wrong. I mean, it's kind of like Indiana with Romeo in a way. For sure. I mean, very good they built it up so much so, and I'm not saying Romeo was disappointing, but he was injured. He was disappointing. Injuries Partially because of the injury. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, that's what it was. They built it up so big in their heads. And they didn't make the NCAA tournament. That's bad. I know. It's kind of... That's bad. I feel time. bad for Jack Grossman. Poor guy. It's four years of that year and never went to the tournament. Hey, they're going to be good this year. He said it was his first, the first class like in history since his dad or something. I don't know. It had to happen to Michigan State. It had to happen to IU students, too. All right. We're done. We got uh, Carter Insider with Jody Demling coming up next. No, we and, don't. Oh, we don't? No, we remember that today. Oh, yeah. We've got Louisville Bats baseball. Yeah. What do we have from 6 to 6.30? Uh, no, the bats come out 6.05. 6.05, bats coverage starting right here, then 6.35, first pitch. Make it out to Slugger Field. Who do they play? I forget. Oh, I wasn't going to say because I didn't know. You know, uh, it's oh, Toledo. Toledo Mud Ends. Someone, someone, someone replied to our, our game post. And Thank said, you. Beat those dirty chickens. Beat those dirty Mud Ends. <laughs> Go bats. We'll hand it over to Nick Hearn and company. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Keep it locked here on 1450 The Big X. Have a fantastic Tuesday night, everybody. Yeah.
ones who are here, the ones who are here. You always talking back to me. You won't let it be.